Thank you for listening to this Podcast One Sportsnet production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Okay, guys, pod just over. It is 10.41 p.m. Las Vegas time. Yes. Wasn't that long. We just really grounded out. Did a lot of work beforehand. Brad Fez. We had a lot of batting between Brad and Fez. And quite frankly, some consternation. Some consternation with those guys. Exciting stuff. You know who I don't like? Bookies. Yep. They're trying to take my money. I'm trying to take theirs. And I don't want their bologna sandwiches, especially room temperature on Wonder Bread. But you know something? I appreciate a bookie who offers the betters, myself included, a fair shake. And BetDSI certainly meets that criteria, BetDSI.com. Now, special promo code. Now, this is podcast one. They have a big buy from BetDSI and... Were they, you know, I don't know exactly how they get the 100%, meaning you would think maybe it's the scale. It's so much scale. We're getting whatever it is, benefit from it, whatever the reason. 100% bonus match. What do you do? To track the various podcasts, one podcast, you use the promo code BELL101, B-E-L-L-101. Now, why bet DSI? 20 years paying winners. Top rated at multiple review sites. And if the knowledge that you're gaining from the pod, from your own handicapping, extra cash, if you're not betting, I'm not one to really recommend if you're not betting, bet, because you either feel it or you don't. But if you're going to bet, if you're going to bet, you might as well have more outs because that is guaranteed to help your bottom line. So it's betdsi.com, promo code BELL101. Get the 100% bonus match onto this very, very insightful show. And now, a word from Martellus Bennett, a professor at the Dosakis College Football Football College. Hey, college football fans. Martellus Bennett here. Do you want to win every football argument this season? Dominate every debate? Become a pigskin prodigy? Then enroll in a Dosakis College Football Football College where you'll learn from football insiders like me, Jay Cutler, Katie Nolan, and Arthur John Bacon, the man who wrote the book on college football. So be the first in your family to earn a football watching certificate from a beer school. Enroll in Dos Equis College Football Football College at dosequis.com backslash edu. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Copyright 2019 Dos Equis Beer Brands. Official beer sponsor of the college football playoff. Finally, there's a football beer school for me. Thanks, Martellus. Welcome to RJ Bell's Dream Preview. Weekly winners from his Wise Guy Roundtable. Broadcasting from the pregame.com studios in Las Vegas. Here is RJ Bell. That's right. Week 10, 10 of the NFL season with my wise guy round table to my left, Mr. Brad Powers. How much sleep? Uh, just a two hour nap. Well, so you slept. Yeah. I mean, you're kind of moping here. Like you're, you're like, I can see you <laughs> yeah. gathering your strength. You, you're going to need it. To my yeah. right, Steve Fezzik. I'm RJ Bell. All right, guys. No freaking nonsense. I am. P.O.'d. 
I mean, I'm going to spend 20 seconds on this, and we are going to do the pod that the pick lovers are going to dream of. There's going to be no stories, none, zero. It's going to be rapid fire, a la the college pod. I just want to see how you guys like it. But let's move on. I was so freaking mad about that Kansas City fez, meaning this week, this most recent week, and last week. Explain quickly the egregiousness of it. Yeah, so we have Kansas City against Green Bay, and Kansas City, all aspects of their game, they play, I would argue, Better than expected. And so we bet Kansas City. So Kansas City City played better than expected. Yes, offensively and defensively. We bet Kansas City plus five, and Aaron Rodgers has a game for the ages making plays that no normal quarterback and not even Aaron Rodgers typically makes, and we get beat. Green Bay wins by seven points, so we lose. So, so listen, that happens, right? But we probably were right that that Green Bay, or specifically Kansas City, was going to be underrated. They were undervalued, but we still took the L. Yes. So then the next week, Kansas City is installed as a favorite against Minnesota, and we can tell by the markets. We can't be sure, but it looks like Mahomes isn't going to play. And we're like, we get Minnesota plus the points against Kansas City. And when it was plus two and a half. Plus two and a half. When Minnesota, so what did the market close? Minnesota closed minus five. All right. So, I mean, listen, I'm not a mathematician. That's over a touchdown. Yeah. So even though we believe correctly that Kansas City is no, we got undervalued. It. Well, it doesn't matter. Is the, we Don't we all worship at the altar of closing line value? We do when we beat the well, closing you, you, line you, by you, seven and a half points. I was being sarcastic. I don't. But mm-hmm. I'll tell you this. If you're getting more than a teaser and you still lose, and it's, it's the aftershocks of how right we were the last week that Casey was better with more. And we lose both, Urgh. and and Tampa Bay. Now listen, oh. I was conflicted here, but I wasn't. To me, it's super contest first. Fez again took a lot of. In fact, if I recall, Fez, we used your all five of your picks, right? One, three, and one. Yeah. All five mine. So I mean, literally, it was. I sent you. I said, "Who's your top five? We were going back and forth. I looked and I said, "Let's just go with those." So really, those were the Fezic picks, right? Completely. Mm-hmm. And it's just very irritating. So you know what we're going to do? We're changing things up. Fast, fast, fast. But meaning fast, fast, fast through the content, not as if we're going to skip content. But we're not going to have any of the other niceties because I'm a little peeved. Not at you, the audience, but the world, existence, the universe. And I also think it's going to be interesting to see. And here's what I'm going to say. I know you're, we're going to have people saying, oh, that's what we want. If it's not what you want, let us know, right? So on Twitter, at RJ in Vegas, one other change. We were all even. We, we all went, we all pushed. Oh, I guess we got a, that Tampa Bay thing. So I ended up betting you at a bad number on C- I mean, it wasn't bad at the time. I took Seattle minus six. Yep. And we ended up, because of Fez's picks, we took, uh, or I guess we'll say Fez, he took Tampa Bay, right? Yes. <laughs> and... The odds, and this is shocking, the odds if you go into overtime and you're getting more than three, so a field goal you still win. Brad, we did the work on this. What, 94%? 94%. So the dog covers 94%, and it's like 93.5 since they changed the overtime rules. And we're talking hundreds of, I mean, it's surprising how many situations yeah. there were in 30, well, 30 years, right? And we were the 7%. And as I said on my tweet, I said, 
My lifetime value now moved to 51% on the 93%. All right, let's do it. Showtime! Woo! The one change we are going to make, we're going to go rotation order every game. And then, because we we've been changing too many of the best bets. And not too many, meaning I, I, I wish we wouldn't change as many. Like, I can only do what we think is best Friday. Or in, last week you did, Fetch. But we can only collectively do what we think is best. I'm not going to have a pick thinking, oh, we made it on Wednesday, but I don't like it as much now, but I'm still going to bet it. It's Or, you know. Who thinks like that? Nobody does that. N- no, but I can see yeah. the point is if we're saying these are our exact picks, then we'd be making that commitment. But when have you but said we, that? I haven't. Yeah. I haven't. Listen, Brad, you'll learn, you'll learn is that you're going to get, uh, you know, like I always say, ask for a refund. But I do value the time. That's the thing. Time is the most precious commodity. So when someone listens, we want to deliver. If you tell us something, if I don't disagree, I'm going to want to deliver it. If I disagree, I'm making a bet. And you guys got to do with what you got to do. The fact is the numbers just keep going up. So net net, we're doing a good job, though not with the wins this year. So we're what, right at fifty percent or something, or even were we up? No, we're above. We um, yeah, just a little bit though. It's yeah. not even worth talking about. So what we are going to do is we're going to go through the schedule, and Fez and Brad are going to give us as we go, not only their likes, but this is in contention a certain game for the best bet. Then at the end, and Brad, I think we got three for you, right? Yep. And Fez two for you. Yes. So then we're going to hash it out at the end. So let's get to it. First game, Kansas City. Now, they're on the road at Tennessee in the Super Contest, three and a half. Mark it now. It's Wednesday, 6 o'clock. It's five, five and a half. So, Fez, I assume Mahomes, the optimism has gone up even in this short period of time. Yeah, full practice in for the team this t- today, and because of that, uh, money has come in on Kansas City up to the five, five and a half. Okay, so let's talk about this a five and a half or five, because then that's what anyone listening, chances are it's going to be in that range, and we'll do what we do. None of us are considering this as a best bet, though. Who knows? It might be the fifth pick with the line value. What do you got? Yeah, so I lean to Kansas City, and it's all about that Kansas City defense that continues to improve. Let's look at the last three games for Kansas City. Obviously, a great game against Denver. Hold Denver to six points. A fine game against the Vikings. Hold the Vikings to 300 yards. Now, the one apparent concern is the game against Green Bay, where Green Bay got 31 points, got almost 400 yards. I'm going to make the case, RJ, that this is a situation where the Kansas City defense played very well in this game. It was just an example of Aaron Rodgers had a game where he threw to receivers who were covered and were blanketed and completed a disproportional— Yeah, and we just just talked about that, right, whereas it— that performance led to our loss. Yes, and it was like, how can he possibly complete that pass? That's a terrible decision to even try to attempt it, and it becomes a touchdown for Green Bay. All right, so what you're saying is pretty much what I said about the Dolphins last week, right, is if you look at the season, it's deceiving that now, last three games, meaningful. Question is, why do we throw out the games before? Meaning prior to the three how would you rate Casey's defense and why the change other than randomness? Yeah, so below average early in the year and new schemes on defense for Kansas City with their new defensive coordinator, Spagnuolo. 
Who? Spagnolo. And it took a while for the team to adjust to this. <laughs> and I expect that the good results that we've been seeing is going to continue going forward. And what's remarkable to me, I was shocked by this number. Football Outsiders has the Chiefs now ranked number 11 in defense. So they're a top-half defense. Think about last year, how Kansas City just had this scuffling, bad, clearly worst worst in the t- uh, certainly in the bottom 10 defensively and they were just outscoring everyone the defense is above average already and improving dr lakshmanan satyavagiswaran the first name goes as follows l a k s h m a n a n and the last name is s a t s and thomas h y a v a g i s w a r a what was that name again, Fest? Yes. No, what was that? Spagnoil. <laughs> Can't do it. Ah, professional broadcaster, 200 stations, Steve Fazek. What do you got, Brian? I'm leaning at Tennessee, specifically at that, that current five number. And here's what I thought about Tennessee coming into last week. I thought Tennessee was overrated. Why? I thought they got a, just got done winning two coin flip games against the Chargers at the goal line and against Tampa Bay where they're really fortunate. So I faded Tennessee. I thought overrated. Then I watched last week's game against Carolina. I'm like, hmm, Tennessee's maybe a little bit better than I thought. In many instances, I thought they outplayed Carolina. Tennessee missed three field goals or minus two in turnovers. I think the true score in that game had it closer to pick or Carolina maybe by a field goal. Maybe the real truth of Tennessee is somewhere in the middle of me thinking they're overrated and underrated. Here's what I do know. I do think this team is better with Tannehill at quarterback or at least more consistent offensively than what they were under Mariota. I don't spend as much time as I should like looking at the playoff picture and all that. I mean, Tennessee, are they still in the playoff picture? Yeah, they're four and five. It's a, it's and a then cluster. The AFC, in that. I mean, it's going to be yeah. a real bad last wild card, right? Yep. Yes. And who knows? Buffalo could lose a lot of games in the second half. <laughs> I mean, you just don't know. I mean, yep. I would say that for, I, I would say that if you took the, this would be fascinating. Uh, what's Buffalo's record? Six and two. All right. If you take all six and two teams and see what their win percentage was the rest of the year, and I was able to bet over or under that number. I would make my biggest bet of the year on under for the Bills. That this is a of all six and two teams, this this is a uh, lesser lesser by a couple of degrees. Yes, and think about how strong your point is. If Buffalo is going to tail off and not make the playoffs, well, they're the only team in the East that could get a wild card. You look at the West. West is a problem. You know, they've, they've well, who, Chargers are much worse than we expected. You know, it's yeah. sitting at well, four when and you five. Say West is a problem. The AFC West, you mean problem is in they're not performing. They're not performing because going so, into so the season. So if you're Tennessee, it's a good thing. Exactly right. So now you're looking at the AFC South where you got all these teams at five and uh, three and four exactly, and five. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Pittsburgh's in it at that yeah, point. Exactly. Yep. So, so there could so be. Tennessee's still motivated. Yeah. Yes. They have the better quarterback. Right. All right, Faz, this is the time we get out the abacus. You know, Brad, look up Abacus in, uh, in a- at Amazon. Let's see if we can buy one. Because that would be great. Imagine if you're sliding it across. Like when I do, like I have this. Like Fez picks it up in, in the mic. He's, it, it could be like a Greek worry beads. But I can't tell any story. So, Fez, let's go into the math. How do you, we want to break that? So the first question is, let's assume Mahomes is healthy. What is Kansas City's power rating at that point? Seven and a half, RJ. Wow. So what 
before, when Mahomes got banged up, what was the what was their number? Chiefs were a plus six. So you're saying right now, if Mahomes were 100, percent the Chiefs are significantly better. Yes, by point and a half. Exactly six to six. Yeah. Well, hold on, hold on. Yep. Okay. So now the question is, why? So Mahomes is healthy. He was when it was plus six. So this is something other than Mahomes. The plus six being Kansas City's power rating. Why? Yeah, the offense and the defense are both better. Tyreek Hill is back on the offense. Well, hold on a second. You're saying Mahomes is the same, but the other offensive players. Yes, yes. So the offense has been upgraded, and as we discussed. How much? A little less than a point. All right, go ahead. And the defense has been upgraded. We talked about how they've been improving in their play here, especially the last three games. But see, that's the thing. I don't think, uh, and again, I just want to make sure we're saying it right. If a team improves their play for three games, that might be a, a smidge of an upgrade because now the whole season stat. But you're weighting these last three games even heavier. Correct. Because because of the new schemes with the defensive coordinator. What's his name? Spagnola. <laughs> you know, I you hit it there, I thought. <laughs> See? Ah, I agree. So that's and, and where does plus seven and a half rank in the NFL? Tied for first with the New England Patriots. So let's think about this. Let's shine a light. Was there an abacus? Yeah, about 12 bucks. All right. Yeah. Did it, we'll get one that looks like very Asian. I'm not even sure what that would be. <laughs> how, how did you know that? It's like the second thing that pops up is an Asian home vintage. Yeah, well, that's who invented it. Oh, okay. I'm very well educated, bro. I don't know if you've caught on. You are. I, well, especially about 70 sitcoms. Like Three's Company. <laughs> you know what's sad? I certainly know more than the average person to a greater degree about 70 sitcoms and the such than I do, like, really knowledge of things that matter. So <laughs> ah, that's going to be fun, don't you think, Faz? Having an abacus? Yeah, I would have liked one with, from Norway, if possible, if that's available. Why is that? Just the first non-Asian country that popped into my head. Mm, Faz. But why? Because wouldn't you want to pay homage to the <laughs> to the culture that invented something, Steve? I just thought it was odd that Brad was surprised that it was. So you that's a jo- oh that was a crack that Brad didn't yeah. know. Yes, that's all right. I mean, dude, you are coming off so insecure. Like, like you don't know fifty. Like, there's not fifty things all of us don't know on any given day. That or maybe not fifty, but in a month. That is like, man. And I'm the last guy to be talking That's about That's what I'm such. saying. Yes. Who's Kanye West? Yeah, yes, seriously. And to me, the idea that Kansas City, with a healthy Mahomes, is the best team tied, you think, with the Pats. I think you got the Pats high. In the NFL, it's amazing. So let's adjust for this game because you don't, you're not going to guess that Mahomes is 100%. Yeah, I would not want to make that assumption. I believe that Mahomes, I'm guessing that he, in terms of, I'm educated, guess how far below 100% he is. And I could be wrong. I made an adjustment of a point and a half for him not being 100%. Okay, now let's think about this. How much better is Mahomes, not from his backup more, but from an average NFL quarterback? Four and a half. When he's healthy? Yes. So you're saying you're taking one-third of his edge over an average quarterback and lopping it off. I am. 
That sounds right to me. Yep. My gut feeling is the value would be, it's almost always when a quarterback comes back, I think the value's fading that team. I think they're usually not 100%, but the market treats it as a binary. Either he plays or he doesn't. And I also think he's going to be a little rusty if it's been, you know, even more than one game. And I also think the other team, it's the reverse of the injury where when someone gets hurt, they, they, they pick up. Do they maybe get a little bit, oh, daddy's home. Yeah. Yeah. Great point. Now, another way to think of it is I think if the, the, the guy's been out for a while, I don't think the team has the letdown as much. They're excited he's back. So to me, in a short, when it's a couple weeks, it's like, oh, he's back. If it was six, eight weeks, like when Breeze came back, it excited the team, yeah. it seems like. It's not science, it's art. So I'm going to say we don't think there's any real value because on one hand, there's a bias towards the market overreacting to the return. On the other hand, we think the surrounding Kansas City team is better than the market. Those will cancel themselves out. So I'm thinking the number's just about right. So what's your number? So my number is Kansas City minus six and a half. Okay, so you actually got still some value on KC. Yes, huh. but, but there is that concern, like you mentioned, does the rest of the team exhale and suddenly? But get... if there is that concern, you got to build it in your number. Yeah, and, it, and it's not in that number. All right. So, but if you had force play, you play KC. I would at five. Yes, Brett. Force play for me would be on Tennessee. Okay. No, did I, you talk it all the way through? I think I already did, didn't I? Yeah. No, I mean, I, yeah. I'm saying, did, have you said everything? I don't know everything in your head. Yeah. Well, I mean, number one, I. I, I think, mean, you don't have to repeat anything if you don't. Yeah. I'm just saying. Do you have anything fresh? I don't have anything fresh. Perfect. Yep. Okay. But this very well may be a super contest pick. Closing because, line value. Eh, what about the closing line value? <laughs> eh. Next game, Browns at home, favored by three, a field goal against Buffalo. Let's put into context how unusual it is. A 6-2 and two team is an underdog against a 2-6 and six team. So we did a little search, and we said eight, or eight games or more has passed. So eight games have been played or more. Nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, <laughs> 14. All right. And one of the teams, the favorite team, has a win rate of 25% or less, other teams 75% or more. But the 25% or less is favored. 31 years in the database, it's happened twice before this time. I mean. That's rare. I'm not exactly sure. Let me see. Yep. Once every 15 years. (laughs) This is unusual. So we got to ask ourselves why. Why? So, Fez, what's your power rating say? Cleveland minus two. All right. So you're saying they should be favored. You You think... So this is like a twice in 30 year thing. And remember, if we just said week nine, it would really narrow the sample size. The two times it was was week 17 and week 10. Packers in 2006, or it was a 2005 season, January 1, 2006, over the Seahawks, Steelers over the Saints the next year, week 10. So this has been the whole range, zero times a week nine. Or I guess this is week 10, but nine games. This is the ninth game. So, why? Why are the Browns historically favored here? That's interesting because... Because your power ratings say they are. 
<laughs> Buffalo is one of the worst six and two teams that we've ever seen. And a big part of it is oh, I mean, obviously the answer is gonna be some combination that the six and two team's not as good as they seem or the record, and the two and six team's better. But why? Meaning, let's start there. Why are the Bills this is explaining your power rating. Why are the Bills what where are the Bills ranked in your power rankings? I have Buffalo as my number 17 team, one point worse than an average team. Wow. You got them 17. I think they're even worse than that. What, what does DV, DVOA have? 25. Wow. So you're saying that there's value on the Bills, but you're assuming they're the 17th best team. Yes. And so now the question is, do I have the Whoa. Bills? Do I have the Bills overvalued? Am I getting sucked into this 6-2 and two team? See, this is what I see you do again and again. Like, you think, okay, uh, the squares are going to think six and two. They got to be, you know, ninth, then. So I'm going to make them 17th. But it's like, should they be seven? I mean, like, name the teams right around. Name 16, 15, 18, 19. Like, the two above, two below. Yeah, two above Indianapolis and the Chargers. All right, slow down. Indianapolis with what quarterback situation? This With um, um, Brissett. Okay. And, you know, I what's his health for this? He's probably going to miss. Okay. But you're saying if Reset yeah. was fine, I can't fathom not taking the Colts humongous, humongous. I pick him on a neutral? And I do him a point and a half better than Buffalo. Oh. Both, both these teams. There's a big point of demarcation between, between 16, 16 and 17. Yes. Okay. Okay. I accept that. All right. Go ahead. And then 18 is Pittsburgh and 19 is Chicago. I, I take Chicago, except the turmoil. I, I you got to wonder what's happening in that yeah. building. All right, interesting. So here's the thing, guys, and this is something for us to learn too. You can say, "Here's my assumption." If you agree with it, you'll agree with my conclusion. If you don't agree with it, adjust accordingly. So your assumption is the Buffalo is pretty much an even or an average chance, just slightly below average. Yes, and you got Cleveland where. 22nd. 22nd. And adjust, home field, blah, blah, blah. Line should be Cleveland, too. Correct. So most two and six teams aren't 22nd. Most six and two teams aren't 17th. What is it about the Browns that make you think they're better than their record? You know, I, I'd prefer- Strength of schedule, man? Yeah, it's fourth in DVOA. And the Bills have the number 31 strength of schedule. No, it seems Big like difference. you talk about that a lot. But for some reason, you like, who do you like here? Buffalo. So the fact that big strength of schedule difference was not meaningful. The strength of schedule is very disparate in this game in favor of the Browns. But you didn't have that in your notes. I did not put it in my notes. Do you think you would have mentioned it? I should have mentioned it. No, no, no. no. I didn't ask that. Zero in. Do you think you would have mentioned it? No. Why? Well, I'm making a case for what what I should have done. So what you're doing is you're actually obscuring... The truth to make a case? That doesn't sound like the truth. I, <laughs> you know what's funny? Brad I've can done tell it, you. Though. Huh? I've done that. Well, th- that doesn't make it any better. I know it does. Well, you think that, that sanctifies No, it? hell no. Here's the thing. You know why I'm giving it to Fez like this? Tell the people what happened after Friday's show. After Friday's show? Last week when he had a good show. Oh, yeah. He got a little confident. Yeah. He was giving RJ Bell advice. <laughs> RJ, like, showed a spot of weakness. Can you believe this? Can you imagine? It was in a time of weakness, RJ saying, hey, 
I was on the Adam Carolla show. I kind of messed up a little bit. And boy, when he mentioned yeah, that. I, I forgot, you know, I, I forgot something that was yeah. should have been on top of my mind. I didn't. Yeah. And like Fez attacked, you know, RJ oh. like he was honey and Fez was a grizzly bear. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So, yeah, all over him. Mention him. Hey, you should have done this. Oh, I get that. You were, you know, complacent or something. I get it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It was Wow. And then he just, then he was starting to critique like how you know other elements and yeah. it's like a guy who I mean let's be candid wasn't that far from getting suspended not suspended it would have been sent down to the minors he would have been like him and Bernie would have been doing podcasts more and <laughs> and he has one great and again he has been trending in the right direction but it's like any it's almost like in movies where there's like this evil dude and he gets like stabbed in the heart. And he almost dies. But then they nurse him back to health, even though he's the enemy. And he's drinking their broth. And finally, when he's at 100% strength, you're thinking, oh, they're going to come to get. He, like, slack, like cracks one of the kids over the head, puts him, in the, you know, puts him in the who knows where, and goes off. Like, he didn't learn anything from his weakness. <laughs> you think that is right on, Fez? Pretty spot on. Well, you know what I've got to do now is I've got to teach you true weakness. I've got to make you feel really vulnerable. So I could, what I'm going to do is I'm going to pull back now because let's be candid. When you start saying things like, well, I was trying to make the case for this team. Why would I say the truth if it's not making my case? (laughs) That sounds horrendous. We know that's not what you believe. You were just so frazzled because I shined a little bit of the Socratic method on you. Remember. And if you don't, I'll remind you. Go ahead. <laughs> What's interesting, you ask me why Cleveland's so overrated. <laughs> I have this case why I want to bet against uh, or, or why. Why is Cleveland? Help me out again. Ask me the, the question well, again. I'm not going to ask you the question again. What I'll say is that the question is or what needs to be answered first, or at least it needs to be answered. Cleveland is historically a favorite as a team with a 25% or less win percentage this late in the season being favored over a team 75% or more. So what if it's only happened twice in 30 years, what's it mean? Well, it's a rare, right? You don't need an abacus to know that. There must be a reason. Now, one reason it could be historically is, oh, a quarterback was injured for a bunch of games or who knows yeah. what. Here, there's none of that, right? I mean, we nope. could say there were some injuries in the defensive back. Remember that Rams game? Come on. So the, why is it justified that the Browns are historically good here? You're saying no in a way, though you don't. You think they should be favored, though. So in a weird way, you're saying you think the market's overdone this? Yes. But the reason is strength of schedule, for example. See, when you actually had the truth there, you could have easily answered it, but you're saying I think they're overreacting. You know, they're, they're over-adjusting for these factors, and the Browns should not be favored by three. But even if they're favored by one, it'd be historic. You know, third time in 31 years. Yes. So continue. So you slide into the handicap you had prepared. Well, it's the opposite of what we're discussing. Well, no, not really, because we can say that, the, that there's reasons that the Browns, because if we would take the average spread, you know, I can do it when you're, I've heard your handicap. I want to look up two and six versus six and two. There's been a lot of instances Home team is the two and six. What's the average spread? I'm going to guarantee it's, I'm going to guess here. I'm going to guess it's a three and a half 
road team favorite. Right. So this in theory, this line is, you know, is like six and a half points different than the historic, if I'm right about that number. But go ahead. Yeah. So so that makes sense. You know, in terms of Cleveland, I'm not a fan of Baker Mayfield. And I think that he is getting more hype than he deserves. Remember all the hype that Cleveland got before the season started. And what am I hearing from the narrative? Oh, Baker Mayfield. It's the offensive lines problems. They can't protect him. Well, the truth is, is that Baker Mayfield has struggled all year long, but he struggled even when he is not under pressure. In fact, he is the lowest rated passer in the NFL on passes attempted when not under pressure. He's thrown in that situation, six touchdowns and 10 interceptions. So with, not under pressure, six touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Yes, and his quarterback rating is a poor 75 given that circumstance. Think about that. that that's when you're not under pressure. You yeah, so be... I, I think the worst is enough. So he's the worst in that spot. Continue. Yes, and also I'm concerned about Cleveland being a very undisciplined team. If you look in terms of penalties, for instance, Cleveland is last, last in the league in penalties and those so are the, last in the league in penalties means you've you've committed a bunch of them. 75 of them, yes, year to date. And so it, it goes back to the narrative of this team, Cleveland, is not buttoned up at all. They're not well coached, and it's not being reflected enough, I feel, in terms of the optimism that many betters are giving Cleveland. Okay, so when you when you talk about all the penalties, that's one of the reasons the Browns are underperforming. You're talking about Baker Mayfield, one of the reasons Browns are underperforming. To me, none of that's interesting unless it overly applies to this game or if the optimism is something's going to change and your numbers say that it's not. And actually, I think there might be something there. If you're thinking, oh, if only they could scheme up some stuff where he's rolling out and he's protected, you're saying for whatever reason, maybe that's the key to all this. When he's not protected, he's the worst, Baker. Uh, or I'm sorry, not under pressure when he is protected. He's the worst. And that's what's going to change. Yeah, I don't see anything changing. And that's this is a two and six team, but the strength of schedule is brutal. So maybe they're you know the strength of schedule wasn't brutal last week in a home run spot for Cleveland. I agree with against that. a quarterback that hadn't you know taken a snap. Fezzik's hands are bigger than Brandon Allen's hands. My hands are bigger <laughs> than Brandon Allen's hands, and they still didn't get the job done with what many people, including the market thought was a home run spot for Cleveland and what happened they still came up short and another thing that has certainly changed is this is the first time all year that we're talking about hey this season's slipping away from the Browns they are in complete turmoil associated with this losing record now, it, what's what is the sign of the turmoil well we're seeing Baker Mayfield just like like sniping at reporters that are asking him questions so that's a sign of the team being in turmoil I think that I don't know if it's turmoil. Oh, hold, not, hold on yeah. a second. We yeah. saw the team let go. One of their players, like like, was was tweeting out crazy stuff about the fans. But and if like, anything, and, they they caught him, right? Well, yes, but I'm just that seems like they're in control. I, I'm not saying I don't think they're potentially turmoil. I just haven't heard any proof. I'm listening. What do you think, Brent? Here's what I see. I see a, a bunch of players, key players on the team, focused on non-football activities. You know what? what but that was the case what, at the beginning of the year, right? It was, but it hasn't changed. We're still talking about shoes. We're talking about Baker Mayfield shaving two, three different times before the Denver game. And I, I can talk from experience here. I shaved my beard after a game. You know how you get better? Is you put your nose to the grindstone and you get back to work. You, you don't worry about you know facial hair and whatnot. You forget about the reporters and work, and I haven't seen it all year from Baker. Nothing has changed. Okay. So I think that's a valid point, which is this has been a dis- or a less than 100% focused team. Yep. 
And at a time when you think they'd be redoubling their focus, yeah. they really haven't. At least from the outside, it doesn't seem so. But I also think Fez has a point. I just don't know. The, my gut feeling is that the Freddie Kitchens talk, that now there's a, there's a scapegoat. Yeah. And I bet if we read every report from – and, again, this is what you got to do if you really want to bet a game big – I think we need to do some reading. You know, we'll put McKenzie on it, but let, let's get a let's get some sign. I mean, I think that you're right, Fez, that there's a sign of Baker maybe cracking up a little bit, which is a big deal. The quarterback's a big chunk of things, right? But I don't know how the rest of the team is responding, considering Freddie Kitchens does not seem to be a leader of men at this level. I wouldn't be too optimistic he's going to keep the team together. And even after the Rams game, if you remember one of the quotes when they went in and threw the ball four times, the uh, Browns did at the end of the game instead of running it, and they asked the one of the players, and he said, you know what, regardless of the play calls that we're, we were presented with, we're still professionals and we got to try to make it work. I'm basically saying our coach called the wrong plays. Yeah, but that isn't talking about turmoil. I mean, you didn't think there were tur- that there was this turmoil, quote-unquote, word then, so how can that be proof of it now? Well, I, I I was concerned back when I don't that. I know what that then. means. I was concerned. How much did you discount it? How much meaning? How much did you discount the Browns because of? It? Well, whenever you hear, because I know we, I know you bet the Browns against the Patriots. I didn't hear any of that. Weather report. Well, whatever. You got excuses to your blue, but I mean, what I'm saying is, it's time to step it up. We are, we are very good at this, but we got to get better, right? Or why do it? It's going to bore me if I don't get better. So I'm going to get better. I agree with you. I just think we got to be that. I just think we got to be careful. Like to me, what I would say is I think that there's a, and maybe that's the way we should lay it out. Your power ratings. Is it accounting for the Browns uh, uncertainty in the building? We'll call it. It does not. And that number says that plus three is a pick. Because plus three versus two is such a key number. Yes. So even without it, I like Buffalo plus the three. Almost a free roll here that we might be, instead of getting a good bet, a great bet if there is indeed some of the smoke, there's fire problems with Cleveland. But what's the smoke? All right. Now, I agree with you there. And and, and it could be, listen, if you have a team really sniping and, and a coach especially who's distracted, I mean, he, he needs to be focused 150% kitchens. Or he's in trouble anyway. He's over his head. I don't blame him for taking the job. Right? Yeah. They told me, uh, RJ, we want you to host the nightly news. It's four million a year. I, I don't give me. Let's I, do yeah, it. I don't think. <laughs> let's ride. I, I don't think I'd necessarily do a good job, but but we'd all be moving. We'd be moving to New York City. So let's see some hustle. Let's jack it up a little. That's how I'd be responding. I can't lie. <laughs> I think it could be multiple points. So, you know, it'd be a distribution curve, right? Is there's a 30% chance there is no turmoil. You know, 20% chance it's worth a half a point. You know, so to me, you're right. I My my guesstimate, the way I would price it, I'd say it's worth upwards of two points. I think that kind of thing can be humongous. And if it actually were the case, it could be worth five, six points. So, I mean, literally, that's one score. So let's even call it gets the game to pick them. Let's say it's one and a half because really there's only three ticks, right? So from two to pick them. Mm-hmm. 
So you're saying that you think this game should be pick them? Lions plus three. That's the that's the definition of a great bet. We're betting Buffalo. I'm betting Buffalo. Yeah. Brad, you also like Buffalo. Yeah, right? I also like Buffalo. And just the, talking out loud, I have the much better coach here in Sean McDermott. And I get it in most quarterback lists. Yeah, see, but it's not built into all the numbers. Like, this feels like what the, the, the um, I don't know. I used to call it the Stat Fox write-up. When they would go in, there would be 30 trends. They'd pick three of them. Then say something obvious, that the, like the USA Today write-up would have. And that was their analysis. And again, you are far from that. But how do we look at the better coach? Isn't that all built into all the results, all the stats? It is. Is there something about this matchup, though? See, to me, I mentioned the coach when it was Belichick against Kitchens. Favor Belichick. I'm not saying anything about Fez forcing us to take the Browns there. But I, why? Because I think if there's anyone that can exploit, I said this to Colin, if there's anyone that can exploit a bad coach, isn't it Belichick? Yes. Is there something about this matchup that makes you think that? There isn't particularly. Though I do think McDermott is is a, a very underrated coach. Yes, I do think that. When you think, you know, great coach, I, he's not a great coach, but I think he's above average. I think most of the market, Sean McDermott, who? who who's he coached for? Some team in, in, out east? I don't think most people would even know it. I think he's above average coach. Let's talk quarterbacks, though. Baker Mayfield, we talked about, isn't improving. I mean, the interceptions have been a problem all season. I can say this from Josh Allen. Interceptions haven't been a problem for him. Last three games, he's thrown zero. So here's a quarterback that the trend line has actually been up for Josh Allen this year, like a lot of second-year quarterbacks. We're not seeing on the other side with Baker. Okay, we've given Fez his say. We've given Brad Powers his say. Now, coming out of the Ivy Leagues, Via way of Chicago? That's right. Shut down. His name's McKenzie. I call him Max Z. Why? Because I'm too lazy. He's got a handicap. I read it in this game. And I said, this is the best handicap amongst the three. We'll see. McKenzie. Yeah, stepping into the shark tank. I'm, I'm glad I'm, I don't think don't I'm be part cute. of the green button uh, scenario. <laughs> so I like the Cleveland Browns minus three. I actually personally bet it at two and a half. Oh, whoa. You know the rule on that, don't That's you? That's 50 bucks, oh, I, That applies to me as well? Well, yeah. are you on a mic? Are you talking to hundreds of thousands of people? Would you like uh, large bills? No, nah, I'm going to give you a pass. <laughs> I know your salary, so I'm going to give you a pass. But that's it. No more passes. Go. All right, so I like uh, the Cleveland Browns. You guys already talked about the strength of schedule edge. Um, well, they kind of did. And that is a very rare scenario. It's only happened uh, 52 times. But teams in this spot, favorite against a team that they have four wins more than, 64% against the spread since 1989. All right, so let's talk about this. You were talking about strength of schedule. Now, was was the when you were talking about how many times something had happened, was that the strength of schedule disparity or was that the next thing you were going to? So the Buffalo Bills have played the 31st ranked uh, schedule, while the Cleveland Browns have ranked the four, have, to have the fourth hardest schedule. All right, that is a disparity, and that's what you didn't mention, Fez. Yes, I did not. Despite seemingly bringing up every time that it favored my handicap last week. Mm-hmm. This is fascinating. This is what really drew me in. Uh, gathered by McKenzie. Okay. You take 
31 years in the database, and you say, when has there been a time that a team with four or less wins? All right, so teams 0-4, other teams 4-0. All right. Well, one team has four or less wins. That's happened where that team's been favored. And obviously the 0-4-4-0 isn't the likely one, right? It's going to be 6-2, and 2-6, and six, but not really, right? It's going to be yeah. more... And a lot of these games you're going to think are going to be quarterbacks or out, that kind of thing. When that team with the lesser wins by four or more is favored, they're 32, 18, and 2. So 64%, and the ATS margin is 2.8. So, Brad, this feels a lot like home team unranked in yeah, college basketball, doesn't it? certainly does. That continues to cash time after time. And... It makes sense. The, the, the thing that the squarest of the square are going to look at the most is yep. the record. They won't be able to get over an unranked team being favored over a rank. I get the ranked team, and I get points. Yep. Give me, give me. Well, here it's I got the team at 6-2, and two and I'm getting points, which means there's a reason for it. So, Mackenzie, here's the question. Again, you're in your apprenticeship, your paid apprenticeship stage. You could call it that. Pay. Much appreciated. Yeah. I say we do a hundred. I say you get some guts. Now remember it's no vig, so it's really effectively like two and a half minus one twenty, which you didn't mention you laid the one twenty. So really you were ten cents cheaper than three flat or three minus one ten. Except you're getting it flat. So that means you're effectively getting the same bet. Now I know bankroll management. Okay. BS. You are, so it would be 100 against Brad, 100 against Fez. Now, you don't have to, but I think you should. Give me Baker and the Browns. Ooh. Whoa. You know something? Mm, I can't lay three. What's the market right now? 2.85. Uh-huh. If you guys are confident, you'd want to go two and a half. I'm, guess, oh, I'm guessing there's no takers there. <laughs> no. Okay. Are you kidding me? Well, but I, all joking aside, though, give me – this will be the last one. G- yes or no? Give me the Browns minus three, but I'm plus 110. So there's 20 cents between two and a half and three. You're saying it's pretty much in the middle of that. So I'm saying give me 10 cents. I'm taking half. I'm taking market. Oh, you know what's funny? Right when I said it, I'm like, I'm betting the fuck freaking Browns again. <laughs> Mackenzie, I'm going to hold you <laughs> personally responsible all right. That's have to poison some Bills players. <laughs> no, 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 no. No guns, no poison. <laughs> that, was a good, that was a heck of a handicap. Oh, last thing. You actually lay out here in your written write-up. You know, I might give this a retweet. We'll see how you act the rest of the week. But run through these, run through these Bills victories because when you hear this, it does not engender confidence. Absolutely. So the first two games, they beat their interstate rivals, the Jets and the Giants. Yawn. Next, next, they had a comeback win against the Bengals. Comeback? I, that's the worst word <laughs> words in the NFL this year. Then they had a close win against the Marcus Mariota-led Titans. Now, listen, that's a nice win, but they missed four. The Titans missed four field goals. Absolutely. And then uh, they, they, they beat the Dolphins, but it really should have been a three-point game, and they got outgained. Yeah. There's 40 games in the database of 17-point or bigger favorites. And the Bills had the best – or I'm sorry – the Dolphins had the best stats 
first downs and yards of any of the teams. Mm. And then finally, they beat the Redskins with Dwayne Haskins. As, as Fez pointed out, he came into that game with 12 completions and four interceptions. So, so really, I mean, think about this. Oh, no. This could, this, I'm not sure you could have arranged worse wins with the Titans being the exception. And we didn't even bring up the fact they trailed the Jets 16-0 when C.J. Mosley went out, and that's the only reason they won week one. Perhaps, but yeah, you're right. Oof. Uh, that's not good. Peer review. I like it. Yep. Good stuff, McKenzie. Thank you. I like that Max Z. That's going to hold. Yeah. Yeah. Because McKenzie, enough. Max Z. Yeah. And it sounds, you know, a little urban. Kenzie's a little urban. Works. Is that a fair statement? A little urban? Absolutely. Mulata from Chicago, like Obama. <laughs> there you go. It's almost like, uh huh, uh huh. I like it. I can't lie, though. What I like is I like that. I mean, I always kind of, I guess I got to keep this short again, but I always kind of had regrets about not going to law. You know, like, you know, I had an option to go to law school and, it, you know, it would have been very prestigious and I chose not to. And it's hard to look back on my career and think, oh, my gosh, I've you know fallen. Sh-. You know, like I don't th- I think if I would have got a Harvard law degree, it would have been the odds of me being in the position I am now would have gone down. But I've gotten lucky. I've worked hard, you know, but I still I really respect high level education. And and I don't really I kind of respect if you're limited intellectually and you go to like a small or not a small school, but a community college. I think it's amazing. I think everyone pressing their limits intellectually is the key. I think if you're someone that could be at a better school and you're hanging around, a you know, a little community college, to me, that's just falling short. Right. So but, you know, Mackenzie, you know, he mentions I think he has a tattoo, the whole but he graduated from Yale and. I mean, he'll tell you. <laughs> and we just hired our new head of multimedia. I mean, the videos are going to be booming. Who graduated from UCLA, which is nice. But then he got his master's at Columbia. Also Ivy League. Mm. So postgraduate Columbia, Yale undergrad, Fez Northwestern, pretty decent school. Oh, no. And what I love is I'm the boss. So in a way, would you rather graduate from Columbia or have a team of people from such places working for you? There you go. It's funny how you didn't mention where I... What'd you say? Mark Zucker never never graduated from Harvard. I think he's uh, doing pretty well. You know, you might be too comfortable jumping in at this point. You got comfortable very fast. (laughs) Nah. (laughs) What do you think, Fast? Well, remember what Gordon Gecko said. Oh, the Ivy League schmucks? Yes. He'd rather have um, some poor, hungry guys. From City College. Yes. I did go to The Ohio State University. Now, Brad. Yeah, I know. It's funny how you didn't bring up my college. Well, I'm not doing it now. All right. Doesn't doesn't do too well, does it? Not even. Bowling Green. Yeah, that's the outlier. I hate outliers. It was. (laughs) (laughs) That was good. You know what was funny? When we were talking about that when I hired him and he was here, we were shaking hands and very nice guy too. Like I tell you this, when you reach for pedigree in a small company, oh, it's the worst. Any young, you know, or whoever maybe is fresh early in owning a business, oh, because why are they there? 
right? So if a guy could be at, it's almost like if the line doesn't make sense and you don't know why, well, if a guy, you know, I hired a tech years ago from Lockheed Martin. You're thinking Lockheed Martin, they're doing missile systems, you know, he can do handicapping. But then you think, well, why did he leave Lockheed Martin? <laughs> like, why isn't he there anymore? You know, so, yeah. Now, here it makes sense, right, is the, you know, uh, I'll say this as humbly as we can and not sound ridiculous. If you're, produ- you know, McKenzie wants to produce sports content, if there's any place to be, it's going to, you know, we're in the conversation. Let's just say that. But you, you know what I really think. And on the video side, to have a national radio show and really us producing no video right now, hardly, and no one's fault. It's just been overwhelming how much we've been doing. For him to come in and build a department with a decent budget, it's a rare opportunity. And he was working in esports, which I love because that is a tra- upward trending industry. Yep. You know, the video production, the live stuff. I think the whole Twitch thing, we won't get into it now, Feds, but I think you, there's a show with you and one or two, uh, like a professional host and one other person that you, like, it's a stream the whole freaking time of the games going on. And mm. it's not like you're on air even. It's like you're just talking. In the, you know, it's loose. Yeah. It's like you're going to the bathroom. That's fine, right? Kid comes up. He waves in the camera. You know, you're going to have mm. thousands of people watching that. You're on to something. Yeah, so I, to me, that live Twitch, yeah. I mean, he knows that stuff as well as anyone. So Matt's his name, I think. Yep. <laughs> I've struggled with that <laughs> somehow. <laughs> I think Matt, you know, he just so doesn't look like a Matt. Yeah. The Matt is like a you know Midwestern dude. You know he grew up in, in uh, San Francisco. Then he went he went to New York City for years. He went to L.A. So think if you've spent your time in four places: New York City, San Jose slash San Francisco, the Bay Area, Los Angeles, and Vegas. Wow, you're not salt of the earth. No. <laughs> Right, Fez? Yeah, you're hanging out at the Embarcadero, not at the uh, Dairy in Wisconsin. Now, there's a reference I don't get. What is that? Oh, Embarcadero is like one of the downtown San Francisco areas, main oh, financial oh. area. Oh, I think you would have known the Castro District and stuff, you know, the Mission District more. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. <laughs> so you say Arizona, Tampa Bay. Tampa, four and a half. The market just loves them. <laughs> 93% to cover. <laughs> Don't cover. Well, we got to push on the plus six. What you got, Fess? Power ratings make the game five, RJ. But despite that, I'm going to lean to Arizona here. You know, it's an interesting game in terms of Arizona having key a key rest edge. So Arizona, 10 days off before playing. Contrast that with Tampa Bay, and now this it's similar to the Oakland Raiders situation. Remember, the Oakland uh, team took their road trip. Well, Tampa Bay's just getting back from their extended trip away from home. Their last home game was back in the middle of September, and the last so just re- so a lot of stuff there. The takeaway is uh, rest edge for. Arizona. So okay. Arizona is 10 days to prep, and Tampa Bay has not been home for literally six weeks. So why wasn't it that simple the first time? Like, I'm, th- I'm just saying, like, that seem- that makes sense to me. The team has barely been home for six weeks. The other team had 10 days. Yes. 
you, it seemed like you talked for like 40 seconds. Sorry about and, that. No, 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 no. I'm just saying, what were you trying to accomplish with it? Just I was thinking about Embarcadero. I don't know. I got distracted. But, in my but head. that's how you yep. plan to present it. I, I did. And the last trip. Because as well. I think what it is is when you have something you feel confident in, you want to say it like four times. And all it does is confuse. Like if you repeated the same thing four times, it actually could be effective. But you say it all different ways. And in, in, in the end, I, I feel dizzy. Mm. And Do you feel that, Brad? A little bit, yeah. Well, Tampa might be dizzy after all that travel, having to go to Seattle for their very last trip. So all the way across the country after all this travel beforehand. In a physical game, right? Yeah. All right. I mean, this, certainly with the Seahawks. And on a positive side, Kyler Murray, I keep liking what I'm seeing from him. He's shown improvement. His first four games, he had two really bad games. He had QBRs below 24. He, the kid's been consistent. His last five games, every QBR has been 47 or higher. Now, an average QBR is in the low 50s. So, basically, Kyler Murray has not had what I would call a bad game his past five games. So, you add it all up. Power ratings lean one way, but the individual factors, situational factors and such in the game, even more so, lean on Arizona. Correct. Good stuff. Well, verbose. Now. Yeah. Let's give Brad a little credit because unless I'm mistaken, you might have had the best bet in the history of betting when you somehow bet Arizona under five and a half. And by everyone's account, they've exceeded expectations. A lot. Out the wazoo. Yes. And I'm sitting here with an, uh, betting it after that, and I'm in an underdog spot. Yeah. Go ahead. Make your case. But with that being said, I'm leaning to Arizona here, even though I might still cash that ticket. Might. You're a favorite. Yeah. <laughs> Arizona, to me, is well exceeded expectations. Kyler Murray, you just laid it out, Fez. I I was very skeptical why a five foot nine quarterback has really never worked in the NFL. It's working, at least so far. Cliff Kingsbury fired at his alma mater. Couldn't, I mean, won 33% of his games in the Big 12 when he's not playing Kansas. Very skeptical. He wasn't even going to be a college coach, and yet here they are even in a loss last week against San Francisco. We've been pointing out, hey, bigger favorites on Thursday night have been really historically good, and San Francisco was a 10-point favorite last week, and yet they're the, Arizona's right with them in, in that game. So to me, and on the other side, I don't want to lay four and a half with famous Jameis. Mm, that's true. I mean, all this love. So Jameis had, what, one fumble? Yes, so the turnovers were equal one to one. What's interesting is but that still it's still Jameis with another yeah. turnover, and the turnover timing was horrendous. It was well, in the fourth quarter expect? with the game on the line. What'd you expect? Jameis being Jameis, <laughs> and guys, in a weird way, we're going to move on because sometimes all you got to do, all you got to do to finish a game is have a reason why you're not betting either team. Like if you if you're saying I wouldn't bet this team because of this, wouldn't bet the other team because of that. What more are you going to do? Yeah, and for me, it's... So, but now you're doing more. No, because I never really said... I gave the reasons for Arizona. Oh, I thought you were done. Go ahead. No, no, I just got a simple one, and I don't know if it's a positive or a negative. Well, but... no, no, you did say. You said, you said all... I, I don't mind, but let's yeah. be clear. You said all <laughs> the good things about Arizona. Yeah. Then you said, but I don't want to lay five with James. Oh, yeah, that's fair enough. But go ahead. Finish your point. Well, I don't know if it's a positive or negative, but Bruce Arians taking on his former team does he have an axe to grind or i mean he kind of left on his own yeah volition. he, he left okay. how family he wanted to spend more time with the yeah. family <laughs> no like urban who'll be a, a head coach next year probably 
You know, I heard through the grapevine that uh, Stoops was right, is close to taking that Florida State job. Mark or Bob? Bob. Oh, wow. They're saying it's all money. Now what they're trying to do is they're trying to get the boosters to get, like, he wants a lot of money, as you could guess. Yeah. And they want them because they feel like yeah. they could get the program back on track. So, Uncle Dave, Uncle Dave winning. Well, I guess you guys don't have a pick, so there's no way I'm going to have to cross bat. But I've been doing well with his cross batting. Because if Dave Asler is able to make his pick and I get to be no vig, that means I'm going to win. Or at least I'm not going to do worse than break even because we are balancing some tough cookies here. Let's listen to Uncle Dave. Tampa Bay Bucks minus four and a half over the Cardinals. I know I'm going to get some blowback here. People are going to look at that 28-25 final against the 49ers and be fooled. Fact is, it was a 14-point game entering the fourth. A flukish 88-yard touchdown pass made the score look closer. And with that, Murray still only threw for 200 yards. I'm also leery of Arizona's travel. They will have flown almost coast to coast five times in the last six weeks. Bucks haven't played in Tampa Bay since September 22nd. Team rankings has Tampa Bay with the toughest strength of schedule to date. Statistically, Bucks are much better than last year, and they're light years better than Arizona on defensive third down stops. If Arizona had ill will towards Arian for reemerging, I might rethink my position, but they don't. I've been critical of Winston, but no turnovers at Seattle. And here's the thing. Murray's now played the equivalent of what's almost a full season at Oklahoma, if you include preseason, and it could start to show. Bucks are the best two and six team in the NFL, favorite here for a reason, like him over Arizona. All right, Dave Esler. His delivery, not the same as a Fez or a Brad. His approach, not the same. His winning, top notch. I mean, we're talking about thousands of picks documented. He's been at pregame longer than Fez, longer than Brad, longer than Max Z, not longer than me, in my garage. It's the Giants. It's the Jets. Giants favored by two and a half. Fez, you start, but I want you to address at some point someone, somebody who's going to do it. Mr. Daniel Jones, the turnover machine. You got it, Brad? I got it. Start there, and then we'll Yeah, I like the Giants, despite the fact, listen to this, Daniel Jones, eight interceptions and ten fumbles. If he he's not flipper, what is he? <laughs> I mean, my goodness, he's killer well with the fumbles. I don't even, that doesn't even make any sense. But here's what does make <laughs> sense to me. I'm playing against the Jets. Why? We mentioned Cleveland being disarray in the locker room. I think there's disarray right now with the Jets. How do you come back from losing to the Dolphins last week, a game that you think Adam Gase and company would want to have? And I looked at body language. I go to that safety, and Sam Darnold, Basically, I mean, nonchalantly after that, the, the center on the fan, they WFAN, they were talking about that. Yeah, and I, I don't like the look, and that's my supposed to be the leader of my team. And then obviously, there's pictures of Adam Gase on the bench all by himself out there. I don't like the look of this. And even though the Giants stink, and at, and Daniel Jones is a turnover machine, I, I think the locker room there is in much better shape than the Jets. I like the Giants. So. To me, I don't think you can ever say the turnovers don't matter. Yeah. Right? So the question is, is, is Daniel Jones, is this predictive? As in the fact he's had, and what, what, what's the numbers on those turnovers? Eight interceptions, 10 fumbles. And how many games? Eight games. How many, and how many fumbles lost? 
Eight out of the ten. Whew. Now that's unlucky. Yep. You're supposed to lose half. You know, quarterback's probably less than that, actually. You'd think. Because a lot of times there's going to be a fumble. They fall on it. Holy cow. So eight and eight. So 16 turnovers from him alone in eight games. Yep. I mean, that is, that's two a game. Yep. Go Fez. I, I think it might actually be seven. Well, I counted because he had, a, I think, a fumble in the game that he played against Dallas. So I had to gotcha. count that. Oh, so it's one extra game. Yeah, one okay. extra game. Gotcha. I'm on a derivative but, bet But here. only like what? Ten, how many minutes? Yeah, probably only like 10, 12 snaps in the 2. game. 2.2 turnovers per game. So derivative bet here. I'm going to go first quarter under 7.5, and, and here's my handicap. They're already talking about firing Gase, not making it through the year. Absolutely, Gase knows he needs this game, and he knows that he – has to take care of the ball. And I think, frankly, the Giants, they're in trouble also. They're talking about Shermer's head and firing him as well. So I got two coaches on the hot seat, under fire, with quarterbacks making horrific mistakes. And I think both of them are looking at this game and say, finally, we have a winnable game. We just have to not screw it up. And I expect both coaches to be too conservative, to be ultra-conservative to start this game. I'm going under 7.5 first quarter. So that would avoid, like, long passes, going forward on fourth down, you know, that kind of conservative versus not. Exactly right. And think about what happened at the end of the first half. The Giants were winning at the end of the first half. And what happened? Daniel Jones goes goes in, throws a deep pass, gets intercepted. It's the start of the end for the Giants in that game um, just on Monday night. You kind of wonder, though, what's the odds of Gase getting, getting another head job? After this? Yeah. Oh, jeez. I. Ten percent at best, but he's got millions banked. Yeah, does he maybe go out in a blaze of glory, like kind of, you know, obstinate? It's like you know, big middle finger out to the, <laughs> because he's always kind of fancied himself to be like some superior technician, right? Yep. Yep. So does that, you know? I'm not saying that would stop me from making the bet, but I just wonder with these new age guys, hmm. yeah, they do think differently. Now, how's that seven and a half work? When it comes to the math on the totals, because, you know, we figured out, we've talked about it, where, you know, obviously, especially in the first quarter, nine and a half, nine, you know, between nine and a half and seven and a half is pretty meaningless. Exactly right. They're really pretty much the same. So as it turns out, if you've got a total in the NFL between 40 to about up, even up to 46, the first quarter lines anywhere from seven and a half to nine and a half. So really then, if all you did was take the high, high end of that, and go under the nine and a halves and go over the seven and a halves. I'm not talking about this game, but in general, when you, how would you do? Because in theory, the range is up to 46. You're saying from what? From about 39. Yeah. So you're saying literally you could be betting the same first quarter effectively, even though the game is supposed to have seven more points, which that would be seven points out of 40 or whatever. You know, so, uh, six, you know, say like 16% more points. Yeah. So all things being equal. You say, yeah, but let me answer the question. Yeah, please. All, all things being equal. And I think, I think we're on the same page here. I like playing first quarters under on games totaled at 39, going under seven and a half, a whole lot better than playing, trying to play like an under nine and a half in a game totaled at 45. The 45s, I tend to look over the nine and a half because it's really the same number. And it just seems weird that the bookies consider that in some spots, like, you know, the value of pick and stuff, and they don't here. 
Just like they don't in the first in some team totals we were talking about, right? Yeah, we were on the previous pod. We were talking about how the difference between like a sixteen and a half or a seventeen on a team total is so enormous that you really almost can never go. I think under sixteen and a half was the example that we used with Cleveland, which actually would have won, but um, easily Cleveland could have landed on seventeen in that game. They got uh, they got ten. But the one game doesn't matter, though, right. does it? So, um, <laughs> who would you have in that game, Fess? Cleveland, right? Cleveland plus the 13. They could have easily had more points. They didn't. I mean, if you overheard someone at the casino going, yeah, last time Tom Brady wore blue shoes, and it was like, he's 1-0. What would you, I mean, you, you'd probably berate him. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know who I am? You're talking to the Mo- diamond ring wearer. <laughs> talking to Mo stealing, Green here. Dealing, son of a gun. <laughs> I'm already a multi-millionaire. You know what happened to Mo Green? Shot in the eye. Exactly. Oh, by the way, might be something we got to do this Sunday. Now, I know, Brad, you don't like leaving the house but this, or the condo, but yeah. this Sunday, <laughs> every five years it happens. Godfather 2 in the theater. And it's all across the country. Um, so check it out if you're, oh, God, what a movie to see in the theater. But uh, it plays on Sunday and Wednesday. So the Wednesday obviously wouldn't work. The Sunday's like at 3 o'clock. So I'll be going. So, Fez, on the game itself, so you're, you got your team tall, or I'm sorry, first quarter under. Game itself, what do you think? You know, I passed the sides. I am going to tease. Do you think it's exa- exactly correct? Do you, have, no. do you perhaps have any element, any factors in the game greater than, like, currently you've given us zero facts? I don't trust either team. I completely. Okay, I'm not asking you yeah. for an overarching. Is there anything we should be considering? Factor. I think you got to look at the Jets' loss to Jacksonville and be concerned. Remember when they lost by 14 to Jacksonville and we said, yeah, they didn't play that well. And then the Jaguars, much to my chagrin, go to London and get destroyed against Houston. And now that blowout loss by the Jets to Jacksonville is looking a whole lot worse. Really? That seems like a weird conclusion. So you're saying the one game of Jacksonville in the highest variance place there is, London, them underperforming so drastically makes you reevaluate Jacksonville in a significant degree. What kind of adjustment did you make? I moved them down a point. All right, but that's pretty modest, right? So if if like so if Jacksonville won by how many did they went by against the Jets? Fourteen. So you're saying effectively it's like they went one by fifteen, right? Because you're saying yes. the team we thought they yes. were. Yes. That seems like a, I mean I get early in the year that one result, but I mean we're past that point, right? Jackson. Well, I mean, where do you got Jacksonville? Even with a one point downgrade. Well, Jacksonville's weird because they just brought Foles in, so which has to be an upgrade, right? Right. So the, so, the upgrade so is bigger. Uh, let's take out the let's take out the what was the Foles adjustment? Two and a half points. Okay, and so you're saying net net you're up one and a half. Yes. All right. So let's go down one and a half, and where would they be? They'd be with Cleveland, number twenty two. Okay. Sounds about right. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Here's my thinking. I do, as I've talked about a couple of times, I do uh, hours and hours of New York ESPN radio. And one of the real pleasures 
is uh, Michael Kay, vo- uh, voice of the Yankees, and obviously a radio legend in New York. We do a segment. I got a little sound from Michael. I picked this randomly. Ah, uh, yes. Welcome back to the Michael Kay Show. One of our more popular segments coming up. We get to talk to the great, knowledgeable, all-knowing R.J. Bell. And R.J. will tell us where we should put our money this coming weekend. R.J., how you doing? You know something? There's two kinds of people, Michael. One would hear a legend say that and think, isn't it wonderful? I'm among the most popular guests. I'm not like that. I'm thinking, who could be above me? Probably Steve Young's above you. I see that. Trey Wingo's a real solid guest. Van Gundy is very good. I'd say you're fourth. Good company right now. Top five is good. I'll take it. Oh, it was that clip we were (laughs) playing? That's pretty strong. They are, I don't think you can understand how upset the city of New York is with these, the Giants and the Jets, or the Jets more. Because this Gase is rubbing everybody the wrong way. And, And I heard this in week two. It was a, he always has an excuse. You're hearing that now so much. It's always the player's fault. It's always someone else's fault. I, I think he's one and done. And I think it could be mid-year because the concern now is how is this affecting Baker Mayfield? Or check that. How is this affecting Sam Darnold? Because ultimately that's the concern, right? Yep. You've got a franchise quarterback. Now listen. I've said from last year, I said at the end of the year, I said, tell me a team. Fez, read your top dozen quarterbacks. You got your list, right? Yeah. Mahomes, Wilson, Rodgers, Watson, Breeze, Brady, Wentz, Matthew Stafford, Prescott, Jackson, Philip Rivers, and Jimmy G. Now let's think. Who ha- Amongst them, who had the worst first year and a half? So just run down. Let's. I can just probably probably Jackson, Lamar Jackson, who's an MVP candidate. Who, oh, first what? year now. I was thinking first yeah. year. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm thinking first year. I misspoke. Okay. All right. Um, I don't see anyone that's had a bad. First but who year. had the worst? I didn't say bad. I said worst. That's relative. I, th- I think Jackson. So the MVP. Yes. Candidate is the worst. <laughs> yes. I think that isn't true, but okay. <laughs> Brad, who would you say? Obviously, Fine. Mahomes. Yeah, very good. Wilson. Yep. Rodgers. I don't remember, but I mean, I know yeah. everyone was like, oh, it was a good move away from far very early, yeah. right? I can't remember Breeze. I can't either. Because he it got wasn't, hurt. And, yeah, yeah, that one would be tougher than yeah. what one we're looking at. But it wasn't bad. Yep. It was probably he wasn't playing as much. And maybe the thing to say is first yep. year and a half playing. Yep. Um. And again, I'm only using a year and a half because that's where Darnold is effectively, yep. right? A little less. Wentz was a MVP candidate, yeah, right? Yep. And Stafford, I don't remember, but it wasn't. I mean, you know, Matt Statpacker, as they say. <laughs> Prescott was good because it, yep. it was like he, he kept Tony Romo. He retired Tony Romo. Like a wrestling yeah. match. It was like a re- <laughs> yes. Jackson. I mean, so what I'm saying is, Let's keep going down. Carr actually hit the you – no, know, we're down to Carr now at 13. He hit the scene pretty strong. Yep. Right? Cousins, remember, he was the pick – the RG3, you know, same season. And it was like, oh, man, is he going to keep RG3 on the bat? You know, yeah. so he was mm-hmm. doing – Matt Ryan. I mean, they were calling him Matty Ice like in about six weeks. Yeah. Brissett, he's impressed all – I mean, what I'm saying is you don't have – 
Sam Darnold would be one of one if he becomes of this era. If he be, because the quarterbacks are so much more evolved, mature, ready to go. All the seven on sevens, all the stuff we've talked about, right? If you're not ready at this point, year and a half in, you usually don't get ready. You don't become good. It's a great point. It's not the way things were 20 years ago. Remember all the Bradshaw quarterbacks. was getting benched his fifth year. That's the truth. Yeah. I mean, Super Bowl year, he was getting benched for Terry Hanratty. Hmm. Out of Notre Dame. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Rocky Blyer, too. Yep. All right. So, to me, I'm pessimistic on Sam Darnold, but Colin Cowherd will tell you it's not his fault. <laughs> Whatever you do, don't blame Sam. Atlanta, New Orleans, 13 in the Dome. Fez. All right. So, Atlanta... They're not a winless team, but they're close, as close as you can be to a winless team, I guess, other than a team that has a tie and all losses. Only one win for Atlanta coming off a bye. Did you prepare this? Yes. So you thought I should spend 22 seconds <laughs> saying that Atlanta has one loss. Or one win. Oh, I'm sorry, one win. I could, you under, I could understand. I, I was going to make the case that Atlanta is virtually a winless team yeah. off of a bye. Okay. Yep. So you're saying, let me do it for you. You want to try it? All right, here we go. Atlanta, they got one win. Now, the question is, are they motivated? Well, what does history tell us? History says if you have zero wins off a of bye, you really want to get off that schneid. How do they do, Fez? Do very well. What's the stat? Is it, wasn't that where you 27, were 27-9-1 nine, and one against okay. the spread, RJ. <laughs> All right, 27-9-1. and one. And thus, I'm going to say... Atlanta with one win is adjacent, and thus I expect a bunch of motivation. Yes. And the underlying. Well, I just saved everyone like three minutes. You did. <laughs> and the underlying stats for Atlanta are pretty darn good. Now, part of this, I get it. Atlanta's been blown out in some games, and they've come back in the second half. But just, for instance, from a yards per play perspective, they're equal to their opponents, which is pretty remarkable for a team that only has one win. Let me ask you a question How was Atlanta's yards per play relative to their wins last year? It exceeded expectations. And the year before? Exceeded expectations. And the year before? Yeah, every year it mm-hmm. exceeds expectations. But, but it's just a flu. Well, there was that period of time when they couldn't score in the red zone, and then there's... And there's always a story. There's always a story. But, you know, bottom line is I'm not going to bet The Atlanta. wisdom of that saying is going to start sinking in. I'm not going to bet Atlanta. It's just a lean, and here's why, RJ. I think Drew Brees may be extra motivated to have big games after Teddy Bridgewater went 5-0. and So what did we see last week? Well, we saw the Saints having a 17-9 lead against Arizona in the fourth quarter. What happens? Oh, the Saints get 14 points in the fourth quarter, including a Breeze deep pass with five minutes to play for their second touchdown of the quarter. I think Drew Breeze is looking to go ahead and show everyone Teddy Bridgewater is not as good as Drew Breeze. Now, to me, though, I don't – not only don't I blame Breeze on a personal level – I think it helps the team because I'll be candid. I didn't watch that game. I just saw the final, looked at the ball. I didn't look at the drive chart. It looked like a domination, right? How many people think about it? Of all the people that know the score of that Saints game, what percentage of them watched it? Small percent. One percent. Small, yeah. What percentage of them dug into the box score? Two percent. So for the whatever, 90 plus percent, it was domination. Breeze is back. She has touchdown count. So now for the betting market, it might be a bad thing if you want to 
you know, it's going to make potentially the Saints more expensive. But I'm saying for the momentum, the excitement, the, the national recognition, that last touchdown helped. So I'm not sure it's a bad thing, right? We just have to adjust for it. Brett. I like Atlanta here. And, and you like them? I do like them here because, I mean, first I asked the question, how many people are going to want to bet Atlanta this week? The team that's 1-7, people are talking about you got a lame duck coach against a New Orleans Saints team that won six straight, covered six straight. You talk about momentum. I could argue the bye week might have come at a bad time for New Orleans. You just got Breeze back. Wouldn't you want to continue it at least for a few more games, maybe have your bye a little bit later with an aging quarterback? I get it. He hadn't played for a while. And for me, Atlanta, I'm not buying the whole quit thing. If they had, yeah, but remember now, when Breeze is hurt, I think I think it came at the perfect time. All right, right, because the theory is his arm got tired last year. Well, in a way, you can almost discount this game because he just had a, the the one okay. game he played. He's going to come in with what seven weeks to go. Good point. Right. Yep. And then playoffs. Yep. And, and as far as Atlanta with a lame duck coach, if they were going to show some. I don't want to use the word quick because it's a strong word, but if they were going to be lackadaisical, wouldn't it have been in the last game where they had a backup quarterback in Matt Schaub? They're down 24 nothing against Seattle. They're off a blowout loss already against the Rams the week prior, and yet they're fighting, clawing, scratching their way back into that game. Getting Matty Ryan back might be a little bit more positive vibes in that locker room. I like Atlanta here, plus the 13. Now, is it pa- is Ryan like back whereas like he obviously is healthy, and thus, we either sit him for whatever reason we make up, or he's going to play. Or do you feel like he's fighting his way? Like Breeze, it felt like he came back early, right? Yep. Yeah, high ankle sprain. As coach said, it would have been fifty-fifty whether he would have been able to play last week on the bye week. So, so it doesn't. It doesn't feel like then. It sounds like he's doing something above and beyond. Nothing Herculean at all. All right. So here's the thing, though. Here's the adjacent, analogous thing, in my opinion. Brad, what happens to buys in college football late in the year? Oh, I know where you're going with this. Yeah, so if you got a losing team and the season's basically over. Uh, they get their little break. Yeah, they get their little break. And what are they doing on their break? Instead of, hey, wanting to close on strong, close the season strong, it's, hey, let's eat some pizza. I only got a game or two after this. The season's basically over. It's, you know, basically it's, I mean, I don't know if I could use this because we're PG-13, but, you know, this dick around. It's dick off time. Yeah, and, and I also think that it's both distraction and it's like the pain. It's, it's yeah. painful to play football. It takes effort. Yeah, I don't want to go back. The season's over. Exactly. What are yeah. we doing? You know, so it's almost like when you have a long day moving or something, like you're helping someone move or you're moving, and then you sit, you work like seven hours, yeah. and then you sit down. And you got 45 more minutes to go and just getting up off <laughs> yeah. that couch. You know that feeling? Oh, hell yeah, I do. I just wonder if Atlanta's into, the, into that mode here. I'm yeah. not saying they are. As Fez would say, I'm concerned. I'm concerned after you brought that up because I've been there many times. Yeah. All right, so you got to like. Yes. So, Fez, just to be clear, the game that I bet you again, the, the, one of your best bets was potentially the Bills. Yes. Now, have you been swayed at all on that? I yes. Mean, you have. So I, I have. You're more inclined to think it's going to be the next one, uh, the your next one you really like. Correct. Which is the next game. You're listening to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. 
And now, a word from Martellus Bennett, a professor at the Dosakis College Football Football College. Hey, college football fans. Martellus Bennett here. Do you want to win every football argument this season? Dominate every debate? Become a pigskin prodigy? Then enroll in a Dos Equis College Football Football College, where you'll learn from football insiders like me, Jay Cutler, Katie Nolan, and Arthur John Bacon, the man who wrote the book on college football. So be the first in your family to earn a football watching certificate from a beer school. Enroll in Dos Equis College Football Football College at dosequis.com backslash edu. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Copyright 2019, Dos Equis Beer Brands. Official beer sponsor of the college football playoff. Finally, there's a football beer school for me. Thanks, Martellus. Now back to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. We got Baltimore. Oh, Lamar. Co-favorite. Co-favorite to win the MVP. MVP. Lane 10 on the road to the Bungles. And my power ratings make it Baltimore 10 and a half. But okay. despite that, despite my power ratings saying this line's a little short, I like the Bengals, and it's all about the situational edge for the Bengals here. No, that's the wrong music. We need some sharp music. No, no, no. <laughs> Let's start with Baltimore. Really bad spot. Huge emotional Sunday night win against the undefeated Patriot team. The defending Super Bowl champion Patriots. How do teams do the upset of Super Bowl? You know champ- who you're starting to remind me of? On Bill Simmons, I always mix these guys up. But one's from Washington. I think it's Jacko's. Is no Jacko's from New York, and they he does picks and let's you know I think it's fair to say he's not a professional picker, and he always like has his voice do weird things. Where, and he thinks it's what an announcer would do, like. Why do you do that? Back to the normal voice. No, no, no. I'm saying it's like have passion, but it's like, Brad, does it does it make sense? Like you hear what I'm talking about? Yes. Weird spots where he has like voice inflection. Yeah, because he think he goes and and it's the New York or I'm sorry, it's the World Champion New England. It's like he's like a Buffett or whatever his name is announcing a fight. Yeah, but it's not even the culmination of anything. It's just a random spot. Do you, do, you, do you feel it when you do it? And the irony is, is that I'm making a case that they're not going to get ready to rumble here at Baltimore, that they're going to be flat in this game. They're not getting ready to rumble. They're going to be flat. I did like the ready to rumble off the yeah. Oh, that, Boy, that was... He snuck was that, that in there. I don't yeah. think he did it on purpose. No, he did. Look, did he you did, or no? He doesn't even know what we're talking about. See? I got the Warren... I, whatever no, Michael is. Buffer. Yeah, Buffer. I got it. I got it. But did you do that on purpose? Right. I, I did. I did. Yeah. Oh, what I, are the odds? If, Come on, if I, if I had a lie detector right now. All right. Go ahead. All right. Teams, teams that upset the Super Bowl champ. Here's the numbers. The next week, 26-44-1 against the spread. And a trend that makes sense. You beat the Super Bowl champ. And you're more often than not, you're not going to be at that same energy level the following week. Let's contrast. Well, that's interesting. I know those trends. That's like a Mark Lawrence type trend. What I mean is not that even because I've talked about that in a different way. What I mean is I remember him having that it, it, that trend. So that makes sense to me. I haven't thought about that for a while. So it's when you're an underdog, though. I think it's just winning. 
You, you said upset. Oh, I'm sorry. It is upset. So you are an underdog. You have to be an underdog this Super Bowl champion from the prior year. Yes. Correct. This is the trend you were sharing with us, Yes, right? it is. Okay. And you said upset. Which means you're the underdog and you win straight up. Yes. Okay. That's interesting. I wonder if we looked at that data set if you win big. Because if you mm. win a tight game, but I guess in a weird way, if you win a tight game, it could be emotionally draining. And does that would be an effect. If you win yeah. big, you might not be emotionally drained, but you might be a little more complacent. Or Yeah, or a little bit more expensive. Oh, did you just see yeah, what Baltimore did to the defending yeah. champs? But I, I think in general, anytime something the public is going to misperceive or, or misprice, fading that is always good. And beating the champs. Look at, look at the love. I mean, Lamar Jackson was not the co-favorite to win the MVP before that game. Yep, he wasn't. He is now. So terrible spot for the Ravens, and as we discussed, great spot for the Bengals, the winless team. I don't think the Bengals can have any great spot. Off of by, well, here's why I think it might be a good spot, because Ryan Finley's taken over for Andy Dalton. So what's your adjustment? Interesting. I make no adjustment to the Bengals' power rating. Here's why. That's, that is certifiable. All right, here's why. Certifiable. I get it. The team's going to be more excited. You really think the team's going to be more excited that they lost the quarterback who last year – when A.J. Green was on the field for eight games, the Bengals, or specifically Andy Dalton, had a QBR that was above average. He was a, you know, by QBR, he was the 12th, 13th, 14th best quarterback. You followed the team. Does that sound like where they? Yes. Okay. And now some, how old is he? Not is old. He like, Andy Dalton's like 30, right. 31. So for no reason now, they're... Uh, the assumption is Andy Dalton's gotten so much worse. Why would he? Look at the team. He he. To me, who ranked for me the best players on the Bengals? If if you were a GM and you could raid them, like there was an abandoned house, and that's the Bengals. There's CDs. There's furniture. <laughs> what is it that you're gonna take? AJ Green. Okay, one. Tyler Eifert. All right. I really when he play, when's he going to play? Yeah, good point. Boyd, they're uh, number two wide receiver. Mm-hmm, maybe Mix so Mix is the running wait, back. Wait a minute, you think Boyd is more valuable than Andy Dalton? Where did you have Andy Dalton in your? Oh, Andy Dalton was. I just took him off my list. Once I have to back into it. Hold on. I mean, you have to remember. I don't know how Andy Dalton's not two behind AJ Green. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. Is like this guy. Even as a backup, you got to wonder to have like Andy Dalton would be one of the five best backups. To even have that is valuable, right? Look how valuable Teddy Bridgewater is. They paid him like seven million dollars this year, right? So my question is, what do we know about Andy? What could be the reason, other than sample size or how bad this coaching staff is, which is what I think it is? Yeah. Would Andy Dalton so underperform? I think Jonas brought this up on the Straight Out of Vegas show. Maybe the Bengals are using it as a built-in excuse. Hey, we went to the quarterback, and now you know it was only the second half of the year, but the trend line it can go up with this quarterback making the quarterback change. Or like you said, RJ, you thought, hey, they're getting because let's face it, Andy Dalton's been tough for him when he's been. You can't complete passes when you're flat on your back. They're going to be using Andy Dalton for trade bait here. The only way to keep well, him healthy is not the plan. Yeah, but you can't train until the offseason now. That's true. All right? But the only way to keep him healthy is yeah. not playing him. Okay. You can't trade bait but him. But none of that hurt. speaks well to the backup. I agree. 
right? And and what I think it could be too is them saying, listen, we're losing out to Wazoo. Chances are we're going to keep losing. First year coach in over their head. I mean, you taught you did the research on the coordinators. Yep. I mean, like one was t- like at a fifth year out of high school kind of thing. Yes, and the other one had like been like, a- like six years ago or something, yes. right? Because I mentioned, I was like, "Hey, he's not the you know, he's a little bit younger than me." And now, if you went to if you went to a school like that, that could be instead of Bowling Green, you could say like the Bubba Academy. Yep. And it would sound better, I think. <laughs> yeah. But you didn't. I didn't. Baz, I don't. Now, what's the pedigree on this quarterback? NC State. Um, can't well, I mean, when was he drafted? This year's rookie. When was he drafted? Was it the fourth? Fourth round. Yeah. So how's the history on fourth round quarterbacks? Four. Mm-hmm. So I'm confused. Yeah, I know it's preseason. He had three solid preseason games. Oh, great. I'm confused. I really am. I think this is like a four or five point drop. I do. I think Andy Dalton is maybe minus against an average NFL quarterback. I think you got to account for the team around him. You put Andy Dalton on the Saints, and he, I'll tell you this, I think Andy Dalton is. I would bet my freaking, well, I wouldn't bet my life. I would bet, I'd bet 100K if God could come down and tell us, because it'd be hard to know, that Andy Dalton is the better quarterback today than Teddy Bridgewater. Mm. You think Teddy Bridgewater, even during this run, he wasn't the, you know, average NFL quarterback that Dalton was last year when he had any weapons. How hard yeah. do you think Andy Dalton's playing for the Bengals, though? At this point, I think that he was so. I think Andy Dalton wants to sign another contractor too. At his age, why not get another big payday? I mean, did you see? Of all the things Andy Dalton, in fact, the fact he's so physically limited to the point that Colin calls him the beige water pistol, you know, instead of the the red (laughs) rocket, is the. What could it be that's allowed him to have a heck of an? How many playoff appearances? He led the with five, I think, with Marvin Lewis, who might not be so bad. Yeah, <laughs> he had five playoff appearances, and think he, in a row, and he's physically underwhelming for the NFL. I think that's probably about effort, right? And he was so worked up that they didn't trade him. Right? So it's like, to him, it was like, let me play or let me go play somewhere else. Yep. How much better would the Bears be with Andy Dalton? Ooh. I think significantly better. The fact that you don't see it. So what do you got, Trubisky? What do you got, Dalton? I got Dalton just slightly better than Trubisky. <sighs> yeah, I think he's a point and a half at least. I mean, Fez, how, what, so explain to me what happened between last year and this year. Well, I watched the Bengals just absolutely play horrendous offensively. Now, a lot of that was their O-line got decimated yeah, what I'm saying is, in was August. Andy Dalton, I mean, look at, you always quote uh, next-gen stats when it's convenient. It's very mm. easy to look at next-gen stats and see, you know, I think the question is a simple one. Is a stat that will show it is, if you look at the expected completion percentage, they grade every pass versus his completion percentage. If he's Within two percentage points or so, I'm just guessing. So if they say it should be 66 and he's 64 or whatever, then he's a slightly below average. So that's what I, I think he won't be much more than that. We'll give Fez a minute. 
Looks like Brad, you got it first. Yeah, so his expected completion percentage, Andy Dalton, three points worse. Doesn't sound like that much, but if you stack ranking among the quarterbacks, number 33 out of about like 37 quarterbacks. Hmm. All right, so here's the question, and sometimes it just comes down to you either think A or you think B. If you think Andy Dalton is one of the worst starting quarterbacks in the NFL, and if you think even then, that's the question, even then, Let's say you're the 27th best starter. Well, where, like, where's Teddy? Where would Teddy Bridgewater be? Best? 20th. 20th. Now you had him like 30th, right? And then yeah, and he kept going up as he beat me week after week. Yeah. So what we're saying here, effectively, is if you believe Bridgewater's clearly better than Andy Dalton, and you have to believe that the guy who I don't even know his name, which is Ryan name? Finley. Ryan Finley. Sounds like a car dealership and <laughs> here yeah. in Nevada, Vegas yeah, especially, right? And the idea that he is what? He's even a third-string quarterback. Like, what? what is it that we would think out of a fourth-stringer, or I'm sorry, a fourth-rounder, like what makes this other than a couple preseason games that he's playing against who, right? I don't know. I mean, I don't understand it. Yeah, I don't either. Usually a guy, meaning I don't understand how, well, maybe the ultimate question is you're saying if you just look on the field, you're saying it is a two-point? Yes. Downgrade. Downgrade, just. But now you're thinking that the guy that took them to five playoffs, who him being benched here is a sign probably he won't even be back with the team. It seems like he was well-liked by the team, and he don't. This fourth rounder, they're going to be excited. They're going to think, oh, finally we, we benched a guy that made Pro Bowls. Andy Dalton's made Pro Bowls, right? Yep. And now we've got this fourth round pick. Woo, let's go. And that's two points? When you've got a team that's winless, I think you're going to respond in general to a change. Really? So under that theory, maybe they shouldn't punt. Or, like, they could just make any crazy change. Three-time pro bowler. Three, not once, not, not twice. Right. Three-time, three-time, three-time. Three time. For Ryan Finley, <laughs> fourth fourth round. He wasn't even picked in the first three rounds. Fez, come on. This is a time to backtrack. You're sticking to it? I'm sticking to it. Now, I agree with you long-term. Ryan Finley is going to have problems. I mean, let's face it. This is the year of the replacement quarterback. We've seen a whole lot of teams respond very positively in the first few starts with a quarterback, especially when the opponent hasn't seen true film on him. Brad, what do you got? I'm leaning Cincinnati, and I think we need to focus, and I think your better part of your handicap is Baltimore being more in a flat spot. Here's what I have seen. Also, teams off of New England this year. In their next game, one and seven against the number. Maybe it's something similar because New England's got a very physical, very demanding defense this year. And obviously, at least earlier in the season, New England was running more than what they've had in the past. So a very physical New England team. I, you know, kind of compare that to teams for a long time when Alabama was very physical. I always wanted to play against those teams after playing Alabama because they were banged up. Same thing a lot of times happen after teams play service academies because they've been worried about getting their legs chopped for, for a whole game. So that might be a similar instance here. Teams off of New England this year, 1-7 against the spread. Lean for me, Cincinnati. But it can't be a like for me. I don't trust Ryan Finley, and I saw him play three years in college at NC State, 
He, he, there was nothing about him that I was like, wow, that's a guy that's going to make it. That's why he was level. in the fourth round. Yes. Now, I think the reason the Patriots the next week, those teams do poorly after they play the Pats, is because Belichick gives them a blueprint how, mm. to, now that's right. how to beat the team. Mm. And oh, by the way, can't do that against Baltimore. Mm. That's the one team that he couldn't beat. That's strong. I'd hit up. The yeah, music for I, that. you know, I don't know. Nah, wait, yeah. we'll, we'll do better. But I don't know if that's the case. But I mean, what else would it be? Yeah. The emotion, maybe, of playing yeah. the champs. But have you looked about the Pats in re- years before that? I hadn't. All right, I'll look it up as we keep no. going. So, Fez, this what you're saying is this is your best bet. This yes. is the best you got. Yes, sir. Andy Dalton lists Bengals. And you're saying it's net. Now, now with your net neutral assessment, oh, God, if I could only bet that. Oh, With your net neutral assessment, what do you think the number should be? Ten and a half. Power, pure power rating. Without these other factors. So you're saying if you believe Finley's even a two-point downgrade net-net. Then it's 12 and a half. That's freaking insane. That is, it's taking a crazy assumption to make it where the power ratings are only a half point off. And and it's all about Baltimore being flat. And the Bengals being off the bye winless. Two really, really good situations in opposite directions. Yeah, I, I, I hear that, except the question is, does it apply? Meaning the Bengals. Because I guess every winless team is bad this late. Uh, I, I mean, this is about as bad. You know, if you just blindly play winless teams after a certain point, they are very profitable because no one wants them. Yep. Except the Browns that one year. Well, but, you know, if you just yeah, add it up, it's really good. Yes. All right. Best bet. Ooh. Fez. Bengals. Oh, I know. I, I own that green button. You don't have to hand it over in case I want to bat it. <laughs> <laughs> Whose green button yeah. is it? Yeah, it must be yours. Must be? Yeah, no, it's yours. <laughs> it's Bush League psycho stuff. Laughable, man. <laughs> it's not going to affect me, Faz. Next game. Green Bay, Carolina. Now, this one interests me. Green Bay favored by five at home. Now, let's think about this. We've got some games. We got Detroit plus three and a half at Green Bay. We've got Oakland plus five at Green Bay. Yep. And now we have Carolina plus five at Green Bay. Now I know we're sh- shifting time here, but how? Give me the power uh, ratings, Fez, of those three teams. Detroit and Oakland are one and a half, both one and a half points below an average team, mm-hmm. and Carolina is a. Above average team by one point. So two and a half point net difference. Yes. But somehow it's tied with the Raiders and they're getting more points than the Lions. And Green Bay's off of a an embarrassing loss. Now, we can talk about bounce back or not. I, I'm guessing you're not going to. But and we'll explain that in a second. But maybe you still will, knowing you. But either way, you can't think Green Bay's been upgraded since those games. No. So what's going on? 
Well, I lean Carolina in the no, no, game. No, I'm saying what's going on with the line? Why is this line what it is? You know, the Green Bay lines, i got to be honest here, the Green Bay lines all year long have been a mystery to me. I couldn't explain the Oakland line. I couldn't explain the Detroit line. And I can't explain why, when they're playing, you laid it out, a far superior team in Carolina. How come this line's not three and a half or even three based upon those other lines? Why is this line five? I can't not explain it. And how are you trying? I mean, are you research? I mean, because to me, this is the question. I almost got to call in a question. Almost makes me want to not bet the NFL until I can figure that out because it makes no sense. And I've asked a lot of people. It felt like the, what our conclusion was is the market was really against them. Maybe the market's against Carolina. Does, does Carolina have a bunch of injuries? No. Because Flipper Allen had... Now, I'm showing him some respect. It was Flipper before. Now it's Flipper Allen. You know, oh, they get a nickname. Yeah, steady progression. He, well, who knows where it goes. Yeah. And maybe there's just been a bit. I mean, he had the one bad game, but I, I don't, you know, Cam's gone. Well, why don't you get in your handicap? Because you're, you're going to talk about Cam. Yeah, so I think that Carolina now being free of the Cam or Kyle Allen distractions, I think this is a big factor. I mean, potentially this could have train wrecked Carolina's chemistry should, Hey, wait a minute. Cam got us to the Super Bowl, and now we're going with Kyle Allen. Which quarterback do we go to putting cam on the IR and knowing that's no longer an option, I think is a huge positive. Now Carolina, and all the players know that Allen is their quarterback for the rest of the year. I think you might be right. Uh, I can't know for sure. But it seems like they sh- what, what we know for sure is they were playing hard for Flipper Allen. What do you think, Brian? Yeah, I lean Carolina, but I'm almost wanting to convert to a like here. Let's talk about Green Bay. There was nothing fluky about the Chargers game last week. They, they allowed uh, 160 yards against a Chargers team that coming into it hadn't topped 140 yards rushing in their previous four games combined. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What about the Smith brothers? The Smith brothers. And I just looked it up. DVO- the Smith brothers. <laughs> DVOA's rankings of defensive lines, Green Bay right now, dead last, number 32. Well, the Smith brothers are on the D-line. And if you got run over by the Chargers' feeble rushing offense, feeble. what are you going to do against Christian McCaffrey, who's got 160-plus scrimmage yards in six of his first eight games, something that's only been done once before in the NFL? I think it's a bad matchup for Green Bay. I think, they're generally speaking, Green Bay is overrated. I'll take Carolina. I've upgraded. I like Carolina. And the, All right. And the Smith brothers are both very good at rushing the Smith quarterback. Brothers. And the word is out on how to beat the Smith, the Smith brothers. Smash mouth. You just run over them like the Chargers did. And uh, now the Green Bay giving up almost five yards per rush. Blueprint on how to smack them around it was provided by the Chargers. And the Eagles, too. And Melvin Gordon. Let's face it. Melvin Gordon has done nothing all year long until he got up against this uh, defensive Green Bay. The Smith Brothers. And that safety you knew the name of. Amos. Amos. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> How do we characterize Carolina's ability to run? I, I mean, you got the, literally the best, you know, dual threat running back in the entire NFL in McCaffrey. So if we look at DVOA, what do we got? And oh, by the way, I want to talk a minute about Aaron Rodgers as he's looking that up. And we've been talking about internally when to take a stand, when to pound our fists to say, hey, everyone's saying, most people are saying one thing, we're going to say another, right? 
And to me, if you believe it genuinely, it's the most interesting radio. It's the most interesting podcast when you disagree with the market. Thinking Kansas City with a healthy Mahomes is as good as anybody. That's different. Pound the fist. Well, I'm going to pound my fist again on Aaron Rodgers. He's got five years of stats saying this guy's not a top you know, the stats say he's like, the you know, not a top 10 quarterback over that time. That even makes me like Blanche, like, ah, I don't know. But he's not in the top couple. And it changed, you know, at a very specific season five years ago. Five years ago, you probably peaked. And now you're waiting around wondering if something's going to happen before it gets embarrassing. That might be strong. I didn't remember exactly how that ended. <laughs> but... Like, if we look at the season, where is Aaron Rodgers on QBR, Fez? Number 11. Pretty much what we've been saying, right? Yeah, and frankly, he's been – think about this. He's number 11, and this is one of his best years he's had, arguably, in the past five years. Mm. Or it's that he's had some big moments mm-hmm. and a big game, that perfect rating. You know what I wonder? Is that they've caught on to the offense. Just like, just like you can be mm-hmm. caught on to a quarterback – LaFleur, as, as Stephen A. says, his offense was what? I mean, like, I, I guess I don't know enough to know. How do you compare what he's doing with Green Bay with what he was doing before? And was he even calling plays? I should know, but I don't. Do we remember? He was at Tennessee mm. in only one year. And it's certainly, yeah. listen, if you've, if you've got Tennessee and, <laughs> and that quarterback situation, it's not the same, right? So it just feels like there's been a real drop on both. De- feels like they're exposing the defense and they're exposing the offense to some degree. So what do we got with Carolina's rushing? Number five, rush offense, DVOA. Green Bay, number 26, rush defense, DVOA. Do we maybe like the over? Now that seems counter, but you know Rodgers can throw him back in again. You know, he can, he's not going to let him get blown out, Right. Yes, and I I like the over. So, talk about the defense of Green Bay. We're, remember, I made the ludicrous uh, statement, hey, Green Bay might not just be top 10. They could even be a top five defense at one point after the first three games when they held every opponent to 17 or fewer points. Well, since then— With Mitch ev- Trubisky leading the way. Every—exactly, and Denver also. Every team since then has scored 22 or more points against the Packers. So what's the total? 46 and a half. And you like the over? Yes. Any other than Carolina should be able to run and, and Rodgers will get his yards. Is there any other reason? Well, we expect Carolina to get their 23 points, and so now we don't need Green Bay to cover anymore. We just need Green Bay to get 23 as well. What, but when you say their 23 points, what does that mean? Well, Carolina's 23. Mm-hmm. Because every other team's gotten 22 or more points since week four against Green Bay's defense. So, it, so if it's 22 or more, why would they get 23? All right, well, because it's hard to score 22. One of the, one of as opposed games. to the very easy 23 final. 23 is pretty common. Two touchdowns, three field goals. I just don't see a lot of 23s. Do you, Brad? I'm thinking, well, I mean, one of the most common totals, 43, 23, 20. Yeah, I think it happens. Except 26, 23. Often, yeah. No, no, I understand the possibilities yeah. around the score 23. Yeah. 24 is a lot more common, you're right. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> it's just, you guys could have said 101 to 23. <laughs> Same thing. Yeah. The one team scored 23 or they're not. 
Yeah. I can't bet. You know, listen, I know that Seattle's been weak at home this year and Green Bay hasn't been great at home. I just, again, when you got small, explain to me why. Because last week there was an amazing, what was the, uh, on Sunday, the home team? The true home teams went 11-0 straight up and against the spread. And when you say true, it just eliminates the London game. Yes. 11-0 straight up, 11-0 against the spread. And still, though, the the road teams have won more. 57% against the spread still after that week this year, road teams. But still, Green Bay's Green Bay at home. Mm. Lambeau's Lambeau. All right, next game. So just to be clear, because we've gotten this request, and we probably should do it, is when we end the game, we'll just go around the horn and start with Fez. So I'll say wrap it up. Give us your, what you got. Lean Carolina. Like Carolina. Next game. Detroit. Chicago. Talk about potential turmoil in the building. Chargers by two, or I'm sorry, check that. Chicago by two and a half. Fez. Going to go ahead and lean to Detroit. Chicago's offense in complete disarray. I'd argue misleading final. The Bears lost to Philly 22 to 14, only by eight points. If you watch that game, the Bears, remember this is the Bears team last year where they'd script all their first 15 plays and they'd score seemingly every first drive. The first four drives of the Bears, three and outs against the Philadelphia Eagles, an Eagles defense that, frankly, has shown itself to be vulnerable to every other offense in the NFL, and the Bears could do nothing. Now, what masked the um, how bad the Bears were, the Bears got two trips into the red zone. Well, they got touchdowns on both of those trips. So what could have been a 22-6 to final turns into a 22-14 to final. Going to go ahead and lean with Detroit. I also like Detroit in a teaser in this game um, because of getting the two and a half up to the eight and a half. I will say this. There's a big question in this game I have. Brad, maybe you can answer it. Can Detroit take advantage of the Bears run stuffer? Yeah. Akeem Hicks being out because what's happened to the Bears defense has gotten a whole lot worse and the Bears are getting run over. Their last three games, their opponents have rushed for 145 yards or more. However, the Lions last two games, no carry on Johnson, no rush game, 59 rush yards, and 90 rush yards. Three of the last four games, if you take out the Chargers game for the Bears, you know, 151 yards to the Saints, rush yards, 169 to the Raiders, 146 to the Eagles. But you mentioned it. Can the Lions take advantage of it with no carry on Johnson? I'll say this. You mentioned the four three and outs to start the game. How about this for the Bears in the first half last week? One first down. One first down. Don't you think R.J.? Me and you, Fez, no. grab eight other no. guys. You don't think we can get one first down and a half? The eight other guys are professional football players. All right. Maybe, Maybe someone grabs a face mask. Maybe. Uh, one first down and a half and nine yards. Ugh. You want to talk about pathetic. Lean. Just a, just a lean on Detroit for me. So here's my question. Sometimes things are so obvious we are scared of them. If you like the Bears, if you're batting the Bears, don't you have to parlay to the under? Yes, because I, I see where you're going. There's no way uh, the yeah, Bears yeah. are going to get more than 21 points, right? That's what it feels yeah. like, right? It sure does. So it strikes me the question is, are the Bears just going to clamp down the other team? And if so, they have a chance to uh, win or cover. And if not, they don't, yep. right? I agree. I mean, what is that correlation? it got to be over 60%. I'm thinking it through. Because remember, I think it through, but... Remember, this would be the case where it's not like the other. Like sometimes you'll talk about an over, 
And it's like, well, you could get there if one team just so exceeds expectations. But we're really drilling down that we are betting that the Bears don't get a ton. Like, if I could tease their team total, I would, you know. Oh, yeah. I like I mean, where you're going. Yeah. It's like, I think they could exceed what Vegas expects, but not by much. So where's the val- where is the ATS margin going to come from if you cover? Any margin greater than zero, it's going to come from their defense overperforming so often, right? Yeah, this is one of those weird games, right, where the team that's favored, if you told me the final score was like 37 to 17, I'd say, oh, more likely the Lions win, right? Yeah, I think it's more than more likely. You know something? You know how on teasers, I've never thought of this. On teasers, what do you got, Brian? The last eight games that the Bears have won, the under seven and one. Oh, I didn't even know that. And let's be candid. That extends back to last season where if you look at Trubisky's QBR last season, do you know what it was? It's third in the league. I think it was yeah. second. Third, I think. Look it up. I'll look it up. All right. So here's the question. See, Mackenzie, when we have those screens, this is going to be perfect. You'd be on it? On it. Yeah, absolutely. I'll be giving you guys notes all the time. He's getting more my time. Now, to me, when you go back and think Trubisky wasn't just playing adequately, he was playing second or third in the league. I mean, QBR is a very respected stat. It really it's the, If I could just have one stat, other than yards per attempt perhaps, as, yeah. <laughs> well, if you could only have one quarterback stat, what would it be? Yeah, QBR. Third last year. All right. Third, as I thought. Oh, wait, I thought that. And how many of those wins in the 7-1 and one were in the prior year? And I guess we just have to know how many wins they had this year. Three. All right. So five of the eight. Three this year. And, yeah. and this year was uh, oh for, or three, all three to the under? No, it's 2-1 uh, and one this year. So what game did it go over? The Bears-Redskins game, 31-15. The Bears got 31 against it. Mm. How did that happen? <laughs> you remember that box score? You know, that's. That's one that I actually don't remember watching. Shocker. That that's the one that I missed. Huh. All right. I guess what I was going to say to end that game is, you know how in a teaser you don't have – yeah, it's two, right? You don't have to like the dog at plus two, but you like him at plus eight laying the normal uh, fair teaser price, right? Right. Going through the corridor, advantage teaser, key number. Couldn't there be – Teams that are so correlated, like the Bears, that even if you don't like them, the two-teamer still has value? Because if you assume the Bears are 50%, and then you assume the correlation is what? So what's your estimate? And I know you're afraid to ever go outside of any range. It's gonna 58. Be, that sounds short to me. But So 50 and 58 is a winning parlay, right? Oh, absolutely. 54%. So why aren't we playing this? Let's play it. Well, I lean Detroit also, so it's probably even a little worse than that. Except uh, your lean is, means you don't want to bet. So well, nothing. I, I guess, can we wait till game day when I think the line's going to go down to one and a half? Yeah. Not that two should matter. Saying, uh, we'll but... leave this. Let's just say if you like the fuel of it, just text and we'll do a little something yeah. with it. And I, what I like about this is that unlike these big spread um, parlays that you attempt to make that are almost impossible to play. There's no book in the world that's not going to take this one. All right, we're hitting the home stretch. We've got four games left. One of them 
is going to be Brad's best bet. Now, you do you know which one it's going to be yet? Yeah, I do. Because you know, is it going to be the one that's passed or the one that's coming up? Uh, it's one that's coming up. Ooh. And, and at the very end, I'm going to give my best bet. Because I'm just hearing all the information, sitting back like Buddha in a 10-foot cell. All right. We're going to do one and only one commercial break. We're a betting podcast. What's a good advertise sports book? BetDSI.com. Now we don't know how long this hundred percent bonus match is going to survive, still be available. But you know when you're doing something and you know you're tardy on something, like like you're supposed to have sent that check in, you're supposed to get your new license, and then you just got this this creeping feeling that you're late, that you're late. And for some reason, you still procrastinate. Late, late, procrastinate. And then what happens? Is finally one day, objectively, you're too late. Oh, your license expired. You got pulled over. Or, oh, that's the girlfriend's birthday? Ooh. And you know what happens? In your heart, you know that you knew it all along. You knew it. The minute you know that it's too late, you know, I knew it was going to be too late one of these days. That's what's going to happen with this 100% match bonus. It literally is going to be, oh, maybe next week. Oh, maybe next week. And then one day I'll be like, guys, I told you it was going to happen. Bonus is gone. Oh, it's down to 20%, 50%. We don't know. So what I would say is this. I'm not saying I have insider information. What I would say is this. If you are even interested, if you're thinking you might do it, you know, I'd say do it soon because you know why? There's no downside, meaning it's not like the bonus is getting bigger. This is as big as it's going to get, and it very likely could get smaller. 100% bonus match, betdsi.com. You only get it. Promo code BELL at 101. Hey, college football fans. Need to brush up on your football knowledge? Then enroll in the Dos Equis College Football Football College, where you will learn from brilliant football minds like Jay Cutler, Martellus Bennett, Katie Nolan, and John Bacon. This is a man who actually wrote a book on college football. Not only will this knowledge improve your chances in every football argument this season, you could even enter for a chance to win tickets to the 2020 College Football Playoff National Championship. So be the first in your family to earn a football watching certificate from a beer school. Enroll in Dos Equis College Football Football College at dosequis.com slash edu. Dos Equis, keep it interessante. Dos Equis beer brands. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly imported by Cervezas Mexicanas. White Plains, New York. Copyright 2019. Dos Equis beer brands. No purchase necessary. 50 U.S. states plus D.C. 21 plus only. Enter by 12 2019. Rules available at dosekis.com slash edu. Home stretch. I like a lot of good conversation today. Learning how to be better. Miami, Indianapolis. 10 right now. Is that right? 10 the Colts? What's the market, Fez? Market is 10 and a fourth, 10.25. Okay, so give us 
uh, the Jacoby Brissett situation, and yeah, it looks Brissett. very likely it's going to be Hoyer and not Brissett. It's not certain yet, but that's likely two point downgrade Hoyer versus Brissett. Now Hoyer looked okay, but as Mike Lombardi says, he's a uh, between the tw- or he's in uh, I guess between the twenties that he's got the skill, the savvy, the veteran savvy. Except when you get down to the twenties, it's you know you're in the red zone. It's physical. It's you got to make that throw. The arm's mm. got to be a little stronger. Mm. And when you want to lay double digits, you want to score touchdowns and not field goals. So that might be a key part of this one. And aren't isn't Miami? Now you could think they're going to be like, ah, we won. Relax. I don't think so. I think this team, unlike any in NFL history was subjected to you know, derision over their lack of effort early. Who's ever been discussed as derisively as Miami? Nobody. So now these are professionals. They're starting to win or they won a game. But now they've had, what, four straight games? Four straight covers. If, we, if these were the first four games, Fez, what would, what would Miami be not plus or minus – an average team, but rather one to thirty-two. Number twenty-five. That sounds. Wow. So should the twenty-fifth team be getting ten against Hoyer, who was a third-string quarterback with New England? Yeah, that's a great question. Was Stidham going to be two or three? He was. He was in competition. Well, the fact that they let Hoyer go. To that means he's answer. third. You're right. Good point. Right? Well, long-term future, but yes, correct. Well, but if they didn't think he could be a valid backup, they wouldn't have let Hoyer. They could have kept Hoyer. A lot of teams keep three quarterbacks, right? Right. So, I mean, to me, I was a fan of Hoyer. I thought when Hoyer was playing, I think it was San Francisco a couple years ago, if I'm remembering right. Yeah, because that's the, when they traded Jimmy G, he got moved. Like, somehow related to it. I don't know exactly how that went down. <laughs> I thought Hoyer was probably the 25th best quarterback at that point. It's been a couple of years, though. He's the only starting quarterback with any number of starts that has a winning record for the Cleveland Browns. Since they returned in 99. He's 21, Hoyer's 21-16 and 16 against the spread as a starter, NFL starter. But what, the question is, what is he today? Yeah, That's a good question. Right? And I, I think, if anything, what we saw in the last game in replacement was – the difference between maybe a couple years ago and now, meaning he never was a physically great quarterback, but he maybe he was better in that red zone. Did you watch the tape on this one? Yeah, I did. How'd he look? He looked pretty good. How'd he look inside the 20s? He looked workmanlike. He didn't look like he had the arm strength, but he looked very capable in terms of his decision-making and the like. Now, you've started a new experiment. We haven't gone public with it, with your power rating. So it was a black box, as they say in tech before. Whereas we didn't know what was going on inside. We just knew things were being spit out. We've been thinking, what makes up a good team or any team? And we figure quarterback is very important. The rest of the offense is important. So the quarterback and the rest separated. And then defense. Special teams, we do not even consider. You know why? Because Baltimore is one team that every year they – seem to do well in special teams. There may be one or two others. I'm actually going to have McKenzie do a project on that. But it's a vast majority. 
of NFL teams that's random. It's one year they're good, one year they're bad. Thus, and I think it's fair to say, and if you think of coaching, coaching is built into all of it, right? Is offense, quarterback. So, Fez, we now have the numbers for us to say how good is the Colts, are the Colts, with no regard to quarterback. Dead average team. All right. So the Colts are dead average. And then what do you have Hoyer at right now compared to an average NFL quarterback? I've got Hoyer one and a half points worse than an average quarterback. Okay. So thus the Colts are one and a half points worse now. So what do you have Miami? Knew you were going to ask me that. Well, I mean, it wasn't too hard to figure. They're playing the Colts. Yeah, so Miami is 10 points worse than an average team, and Fitzpatrick is one point worse but than I, an average but quarterback. We know who, but, so wait a minute. You're saying Fitzpatrick and Hoyer are about even. They're, they're a half point different. Yes. That's freaking insane. I mean, really? So where would Hoyer be? So Hoyer is where of all quarterbacks? Hoyer is 25th, tied with Kyler Murray. Yeah, no good, Fez. And I haven't given you one of those facial looks hmm. ever. No. He's third string. I mean, like, I, I don't understand. What's he done to deserve that? Well, if you look at the guys below him, Trubisky, Darnold, Jones, Sam Mayfield, Darnold they're all better playing. than Brian Hoyer. Long term, no question. No, I, right I'm not talking long term. I'm talking right now. So what I'm saying is today, how's Hoyer better? What's he done? I mean, I guess you could be a little bit optimistic. Uh, between the 20s, he was all right. Yep. But now you got to figure, if you're physically limited and the other team has time to look at that, I mean, is it, you know, in a way, it's almost like a new Hoyer. And what's, his, and what's Hoyer's experience in this Colts offense? Just signed, just signed him just like a couple months ago. So what I'm saying is, so I'm not even sure how it's like I'm 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 at a loss for words, and I get it. I I kind of could feel a little nostalgia, a little you know, let's default. But why don't you pull up Hoyer's stat line and say like how many passes has he thrown since the last time he threw any real amount of passes? 2017 with the 49ers. He just signed here on September the third. Okay, in four in seventeen against the 49ers, how did he do? Uh, or so, with the 49ers? Yeah, with the 49ers, uh, two hundred and five attempts, fifty eight percent, four four ratio, yards per attempt six point one, which is below average. Well, average seven and a half average. Yep. And what's his passer rating? Seventy four point one. Remember, that's not QBR. That's not QBR. That's rating. I don't have QBR. Yeah. So, and he's two years. How old is he? If he's over 30, if he's 36 or older. 34. All right. Maybe he's not aging as fat. I mean, why would, Belichick loves Hoyer. I don't understand why you'd let him go. Especially with Brady's. I mean, Brady's not a young buck. I don't know if you know that, Brad. Yeah. (laughs) You know, we should do a whole documentary on Fez trying to look up the simplest thing. Go ahead. All right, just looking at quarterback ratings for Hoyer. Starting in 2018 with New England, it was only 58. The year before, he was with San Francisco. He was a 74, six games. New England the year before, five games. Uh, He hardly threw anything. Chicago in 2016, 
He was a 98 quarterback rating. And 2015, Houston, 11 games, 91 quarterback rating. Okay, so I think it's fair to say 17 was his last major action, right? Yes, 17, 119 completions of 205 attempts. You've heard Brad just say that all day. Yes. <laughs> He's like, so happy you found yeah. something. Yeah. So any reconsideration? Yes. How are you going to adjust? Down another point. So what does that then say about what this line should be? It means the Lions should be 10 instead of 11. Hmm. Was this a like for you? Oh, wait, this was a like. You had Miami, right? Yeah, I had Miami. I like Miami. You mentioned struggle, you know, once he gets in the red zone. And if uh, Indianapolis has to settle for field goals instead of touchdowns, I'm not sure I want to trust Adam Vinatieri if I'm kicking, making any kick. That's a good point there. Five missed field goals, five missed extra points so far this season. There's a special team that we can make. You want to talk old. 46 years old for Vinatieri. He's definitely over the hill. Fez would give a million dollars cash to be 46. I don't know about oh, that. Oh, he would. 10 more years? He wouldn't? Nope. Hmm. Interesting. That could be a whole podcast. Yeah. Would you give a million to be 10 years younger yourself? Oh, God, yes. A million dollars is nothing. There you go. I mean, what I'm saying is, if you're successful, and I'm not saying a million dollars for me now is nothing, but you give me 10 more years yeah. to earn, I'm going to make that go. million back. That's a great point. Right? I mean, how? You still, you have your, you're not just turning back the clocks. You have your mind that you have, the experience now, right? No. Well, that's oh. interesting because that yeah. would be a whole, that, yeah, that's interesting. That's a slam yeah. dunk, yeah. Yeah. Oh, come on. You, you still would have said no. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I like money. I like money. All right, so let's recap. Lean Miami. Like Miami. All right. God, but the Super Contest has a 10. I know, bastards. It's ten, I mean, half the places are 10 and a half. Uh, that, but that's the sharp side. Yeah. Most people don't think of Coyer the way Fez does. There was one stat I wanted to throw at you guys. Okay, go ahead. Better be good. Uh, and uh, Fez made me start looking down this path. When, he, when uh, Fitzpatrick came back, and got his position back against the Redskins. The Miami Dolphins have outscored their opponents since that time, three and a half games. Ooh. So you're saying three and a half games of football, and it's not an arbitrary start, but it's Fitzpatrick comes back. And as we said, it was the first time that you both had Fitzpatrick and clear motivation for Miami. And they've outgained their opponents. Who were? Out- outscored their opponents. Or outscored. 68. Okay, and who were the opponents? You got those Redskins. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got the Dolphins. The, the have, Dolphins you, playing the Dolphins. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, you have the Bills. Uh huh. You have the Jets. Uh huh. And um, that's it. But there must be one more. <laughs> no, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Pittsburgh, right? Monday night. Obviously. Wow. So Pittsburgh Redskins, Bills, and Jets. So two bad teams, and again, we can debate the Bills and Pittsburgh in over three and a half games. And remember, half the game was the Redskins, right? So really, one of the ba- there's one and a half games against bad teams, mm. two mm. games against good teams, or at least average. Yep. Something most would say, again, debate the Bills. Yeah. Yeah. But what about closing line value? Speaking of the Steelers, up next. Pittsburgh, minus, oh, plus three and a half. 
against the Rams. Fez, you got, we did this on the radio. Oh, speaking of that, you didn't, why didn't you give the big Green Bay, oh, I think Green Bay is going to be so motivated off that road favorite loss. What happened? Turns out that teams, when they play on the road and get blown out, are not good bets. Well, double digits, week, yeah. Because you queried it and they're actually slightly below 50%. That's true. But you've got two trends here. And the one I'm going to question, the Pittsburgh one, but the other one is one of the shot. It's one of the like under discussed because it's so big and uh, significant. Let's start with that Rams. League-wide trend. Yeah, so league-wide, it turns out when a team is on a bye and then they come back and they're on the road and they're favored, they do great against the spread. How great do they do? Big sample, 75 and 38, 66% against the spread. So let's think about this. Why is this happening? Well, oftentimes when a team goes on the road, there's some questionable motivation. They see that they're favored and maybe they're not fully up for the game. But when a team comes back from a bye... remember... See that they're favored. To be favored on the road, you have to be significantly better, like four points better on a neutral. So most of those times you're favored by three, four. Uh, you're seven points better perhaps, right? To me, it's the dis- It's not just being favored in the game because under that theory you would look ahead at home games. To me, you know, because, hey, look, we're favored there. And it happens, but I think it's more that you're so clearly the favorite. You know, or so you're, clearly better. You know you're the better team. So yes. in this case, for instance, the Rams know they're the better team mm-hmm. than Pittsburgh with Rudolph at quarterback, and they could overlook Pittsburgh in some instances. But off of the bye, now you've got to go ahead and say, hey, we're going to be fully focused. We haven't played football in 14 days, and we're going to bring it. Where you got I lean Pittsburgh here because we have you got to mention the other trend as far as Pittsburgh being a good home. Yeah, this under- is the one I'm skeptical of. So go All ahead. right. So I'll just say, hey, Pittsburgh is an underdog, period. This century, 63%. Every single underdog role this century, 63%. Yeah, let's agree. As a dog. The, the longest we can go back is Tomlin. And yeah, that's matters. fair enough. Uh, but to me, I just I, the Rams to me kind of fixed their season. You were on that one game where they turned it around against Atlanta. They've gotten they gotten rid of a couple of guys. They signed Jalen Ramsey, which indicated that hey, they signed him. Ramsey, yeah, or they That's traded good for him. traded for him. No, no, again, I yeah, I, just, no, I thought right. I might have missed it. No, 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 you're right, RJ. Traded for him. And which, I don't think it changes anything. No, but I think that was a good indication. It says, hey, we might be struggling oh, sure. this year, but our chips are all for in sure. on this season. For sure. And, again, unfortunately, in the Super Contest, we didn't play that Rams because I got worried Atlanta would have one last stand in them. And we're mm. still worried about it, I guess. This yeah. week. So, Fez, we had the two, right? One, as we said, road favorites. This is league-wide, and I think it's a, a really great trend. They're not overlooking them, and that's the only thing that stops road favorites, you know, from winning a high percentage of the time because they cannot name the score, but if you know the effort's 100%, I'm betting every road favor. Yep. It's just it's mm-hmm. so not 100%. Brad, you're saying Pittsburgh, but you just because I disagree, the home underdog thing, you want to give that. Yeah, I don't have the home runner. Oh, you I just got have the dog. Right? Yeah. yeah. So Tomlin is eight, two, and four. A lot of pushes there. Eight, two, and four against the spread as a home underdog. And it makes sense to me that Pittsburgh would do well as a home dog because what's the book on the Steelers? Motivation. 
questionable motivation in some games. Pittsburgh can lay an egg, but when they're motivated, they're good. I agree with that because if you're a team that has your ebbs and flows, you're going to be better than your stats, right? It's like injuries could cause you to be better in your stats, but also uh, intermittent motivation. So, Brad, do me a favor. Pull up uh, Pittsburgh as a home underdog because I think what we're going to see is you're going to see like 2011 once, then you're going to see none in 2012 mm. and one in 2013. Some variation, right? Because Tom has been there since 07. And if something happens that is disrespectful once a year, twice in three years, it's different than pretty much every game almost at home. So let's start at 2007. All right. Nothing in 2007. Mm hmm. Actually, January 2008, 2010, 2011, 2012. So once every year. Yeah. Then 13, there was three. Mm-hmm. Big Ben was yeah. suspended. Was that his four games? Yeah, maybe. 14, 15, 15, 16, 17, 18, then 19, 19, counting this game. Yeah, so this is going to be the third time... In about half a season. Yeah, this is only the 15th time total since 07. So, yeah, but it's like, yeah, but they felt that way against Baltimore, right? Then there was one other game. Uh, they had Miami, but there was one other game that was, oh, the Colts, I guess, was right around pick. Yeah. So, uh, to me, I think it matters, but I don't think it matters as much because it's more common. Makes sense. All right. So, Fez, you you actually – am I seeing this right? You like Pittsburgh? Nope. I got a bet on the total here, RJ. Okay, but I'm confused. I'm seeing one, two, three, four greens. What were your likes today? Because uh, you got to have five. What were your likes? And I know you've got one on the Seattle-San Francisco coming up. Yeah, so I like Buffalo, uh-huh. Cincinnati. Uh-huh. Oop, correction, I do like Pittsburgh. Oh, isn't that curious? <laughs> Yes. I mean, this guy's one of a kind. Now, what's making, what is making you, so Nat, Nat, you're going against the road favorite. That's my major concern why I didn't want to put it in as a super contest possible selection because that trend is so strong. And again, we, we, we force five picks because it's easy to pass, it's easy to lean. This is about batting. And again, I wouldn't play, and I, I think it's good that we start laying, you know, what we might want to start doing is saying, you know, this is one of those action generator picks. And then people know, right? Yeah. They can mm-hmm. decide what to do with it. But, but I do have a like on this game. No, you do have a like on Pittsburgh. I have a like on the total. But you have a like on I Pittsburgh. I do have a like on Pittsburgh. I could press his button at you any could. time. <laughs> yes. Go ahead. Tell me about the total. All right. So what's the perception of the Rams and Pittsburgh going into the season? Very high-scoring teams, both of them. And I think that the marketplace is not fully corrected to what the reality is for both of these teams being teams whose defenses are much better than their offense. The Rams defense is much better. What's the DVOA on the Rams? Got it right here. All right, go ahead. Rams D, this is, and this is making my point. Thank you. The Rams D number four. The Rams um, offense is number 18. Well, the Rams D is four. Yes. That the, blows my mind. It blew my mind too. And the Pittsburgh D is five. The Pittsburgh offense is 28. So think about this. Well, that we, makes sense. We got two top five defenses 
against two below-average offenses, and yet this total is 44, and the weather's not even going to be good. 44 degrees, maybe some rain. Love. Hold on a second. Why would 44 degrees affect anything about scoring? Because Jared Goff was completely unable to uh, function the last time I saw him when it was 30 degrees. Uh, except your water's nice and cool at 44, <laughs> and it's ice at 30. I don't know. You can get some severe hypothermia at 44 if it's raining. You could. Anyone could. No. Nah, nah, not Steelers. Won't be a problem for the Steelers. <laughs> could be a problem for the Rams. And and a little it might it might sprinkle, you said? It might rain. And 25% was the last I saw. <laughs> and it, there might be a drizzle. <laughs> so you're saying <laughs> I don't need the rain. I like under. But why'd you add it? It's a free you just roll. Can't help it, be, no, it's no. not a free roll because you know why? Why does rain help scoring, or does it hurt scoring? It depends. Mm, what does it depend on? The wind. Exactly. So, what's the wind report? Wind report. Hmm. I don't, don't know. I don't have any significant wind. So, if oh, so we actually know that at least on the forecast, there's not wind expected. Nothing of significance enough for me to exactly. make a note of. Thus. The rain is going to help the offense. I don't think it would. It's going to help the Rams' offense because of the golf situation. Right. What you got, Brad? Oh, I said I lean Pittsburgh. No, no, I saw you were looking at the weather. Is it line up with Faz? Because I'm. It doesn't, but I, I understand. I mean, Monday's forecast is more like forty and rain. Sunday's fifty-four and partly cloudy. Well, don't listen. Yeah. Don't let that get in the way. <laughs> yeah. Now remember, Fez does have special weather connections somehow. Yeah. So let's all I just Googled it, so yeah. he might have it. Let's not question him on the weather. 12-mile-an-hour wind. Here's the question. So I like your point about the total because here's the little thing no one's talking about. Mason Rudolph is not playing well. I mean, he's just not. You look at the right, the senses, you know, you just look at the snaps. I'm not sure the third stringer didn't play as well. That's a good point. And I get a young quarterback might evolve. Uh, but it's like they would they won the Colts game. I mean, you you watched it. Yes. If Brissett plays the whole game, what happens? Colts win. I mean, not for sure, but you think. Yeah, okay. and the Colts basically were in control of the game most of the way. And then when the Colts were about to go up 14, you saw it. They're up seven at the end of the first half. And Minka Fitzpatrick took, took it to the house for 96 yards. 14-point swing. Exactly. That trade's looking all right. Yeah, you think? <laughs> And especially because they have cost control on them. This is only a second year. So they got two more years at a huge discount. See, that's what people didn't get about that trade. And I'm no expert on the salary cap, but I'm learning a little bit. I'm thinking of pressing the button. Hmm. I'm going to think about it. I want the Rams here. I really, I mean, if anyone off a buy, you know, that's interesting. Hey, McKenzie, look up how the boy genius has done. I mean, there's only been a handful how he's done off the buy. Sure thing. Thank you. Hmm. All right. I'm going to hold. I mean, I have a right. You know, it's, a, it's just a perpetual right until the pod's over. I may come back to this. Two games left. One, oh, is this your best bet, Brad? It is. Ooh. I'm going to say Blossom for me. All right. You should. I usually don't do that. Minnesota. Dallas. Oh, the classic three points for the home team. Who's better? And this is your best bet. It is my best bet. I'm taking Minnesota plus the three. Minnesota's the better team. This line right here, because Dallas doesn't have a great home field advantage, it's slightly less than three, this line says Dallas is the better team. I'm not buying it. 
who in the hell is Dallas beat so far this season? I'll give them Philadelphia, the same team that Minnesota also took care of by double digits at home. But the Giants twice, the Dolphins, the Redskins, eh. Minnesota to me has played the tougher schedule. Minnesota in my let's let's make that objective. What's the twenty three versus thirty? So right. slightly better schedule. Plus seven. Yeah, plus seven. Nothing significant, but a, a fact at least according to DVOA. And I like the spot here. You got Dallas off a short rest, off a division game. Minnesota off a loss. How does Mike Zimmer do off a loss? Seventy four percent against the spread. Twenty three and eight. 74%, that's a good number. How about 71%? That is Mike Zimmer against non-division opponents. 40 and 16 against the spread, 71%. Give me Minnesota. Okay, so first off, why would off a loss matter? It's, hey, can you marshal the team's motivation, focus, et cetera? Good coaches off a loss, always quite good. Now, why does non-division matter? You're less familiar Sometimes, you know, if it's out of conference, it's every four years. And you, it, I guess in theory, it could be only every three unless you slot out to a team, right? Because you're, you're cycling through which conference division you're playing. And thus, the lack of familiarity leads to more game planning uh, you know, ability, where some coaches are going to just be able to get a certain way through, others better, harder workers. I like that. So we're saying, Brad, both off a loss, Zimmer's great. Yep. And anytime he's playing non-division. Yep. 71%. Just to be clear, Zimmer, since he took the job, the best ATS coach, and it's not even close. He's in the 66% range. Number two is Belichick at 60 during that time. And the clapper against non-division, opponents that he's not familiar with, uh, right around 46%. But remember, Dallas is fifty six percent or so yep. under during the Dak Prescott era. So if you're forty six in a certain spot, well, you're down ten. So Brad Powers, best bet, Vikings plus three. And during the Dak Prescott era, non division forty two percent against the spread. So really bad against non division opponents. Hmm. The da- so the Dak era. Okay. Dak era still forty two percent. Faz, you uh, you at least lean the other way, right? Yeah, I lean to Dallas, and it's all. Oh, Brad's just putting the button in front of him. <laughs> all right, heck yeah! Wow, three hundred. Tyrone Smith. When the Dallas Tyron line, Smith. I said that's what I just said. You said Tyrone, Tyron. Yeah, Smith is. <laughs> I didn't know. When 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 the, when the T Smith when the Dallas line is healthy. It makes so much of a difference, much more than any other team. And Smith, what? Was- what, what? Where'd you get that? Like we're compare. I've never in my life contemplated if a line's banged up, which line is the m- most impactfully banged up. Have you ever even contemplated that in your life, Brad? Mm-mm. Well, remember they had their center Frederick out last year, and they struggled past well, blocking listen, without him. And listen, and- I don't want to have facts get in the way of your talking, Fez, but. Why'd you bring this? He already debunked you on this, man. Don't you remember? <laughs> Damn. You know what's funny? You've actually let the genie out of the bottle with him. He's made more, like you're not picking up on it. He's made more snarky comments to you this pod than he has in the last year. Right, Brad? Yeah. I mean, you've let the genie, I mean, you've, you've, you've you generated. You should have done what you did earlier, You've man. generated an adversary here. Yeah. I like it. Because <laughs> it might break him or he might step up. Yep. Here's our numbers. If you, 
You mind? I, I did some work here, or I paid for some work at minimum. We went the entire Dak Prescott era. Obviously, the Clapper was there the whole time. And we said, well, who matters? Because we hear Amari Cooper matters. We hear Zeke matters. And we hear from some that a bench linebacker, what's his name? Sean Lee. Sean Lee matters. Well, we didn't really look into that because he's on the bench. And then we've got T. Smith, as I like to call him. Now, let's go through the conclusions. Pregame.com research. McKenzie, during the Dak Zeke era, they've been successful, 58% against the spread. Now, they improved dramatically when Cooper came on board. 63% since Cooper came on board. 54% during the Dak era before. Now, with Cooper, the Cowboys can... What's he saying here? With Cooper, the Cowboys can weather not having weather. Okay. Yale, it's W-E-A-T-H-E-R, not W-H-E-T-H-E-R. My bad. (laughs) I like that. Yale. (laughs) I missed that class. (laughs) Not having Smith. So they can weather it. He was trying to be all artsy with the weather, too. Okay. So without Smith, but when they had Cooper, Cowboys 3-2-1 straight up. It's been updated. I'm sorry, three and two straight up, three and two against the spread. So five games, three and two. And they can weather without Elliott. One game, I'm not sure. One and oh straight up and against the spread. So you look, I'm not sure if that game was a crossover or not. But you add it up, they're four and two, if it's not, without Elliott or Smith once they got Cooper. Now, previous to Cooper, they did okay when either Elliott or Smith missed. One, but not both. 55% against the spread without Smith. Oh, wow. That's the worst you could lose. Oh, 43 without Elliott, but again, short sample. But if both of them miss, 0-3 straight up, 0-3 against the spread, and ATS margin minus 15.5 points. So there is that tipping point, it would seem. Don't have your left tackle. Don't have your running back. Don't have Cooper because he wasn't on the team. So in total, if Dak at least has Cooper or Smith or Elliott, 60% against the spread in his career, 32 and 21. So, Fez, you want to continue about what you're saying about this being the most impactful injury that any line could even fathom sustaining? Well, I know Dallas, when they lost to the Jets, they were missing oh. both their tackles. And it goes back to what you were saying, the cumulative effect, RJ. I think that, hey, if Dallas can survive missing one of these guys, but when they have many parts out, and maybe that goes back to the coaching, that they've been unable to adjust so how many multiple games this, guys yeah, out. So how many games this year has had multiple guys out on the line? One. Okay. And so so this idea that their stats are like shotgun riddled with inconsistency. No, it was one game. Throw out the Jets game. Though you don't throw it out. Because I don't think you made your, your biggest bet in the history of the world on the Jets, did you? No. Did you even bet the Jets? I did. Okay. You know what's funny? I never hear him miss a winner. Because, I mean, are you betting both sides of every game? Because it's like you didn't give the Jets for a millisecond. Mm. And we, we were doing hours and hours of shows. What, what made you play the Jets? I can't recall. <laughs> but you remember that you had him. Yeah. All right. I like that. What? No, that he can recall. I bet him. <laughs> Why? 
Listen, I can't recall, but I, I bet him. I tell you this, I have no doubt he bet him, right? Oh, he's sitting yeah. there like uh, the Borg at the end with his computers. I mean, he's he's getting his pieces in, no doubt. I can't wait to watch that show, Fez. What show? Oh, when, yeah, that Twitch show. But here's the thing, all Joe, and again, I'm being hard on you because you were hard on me. But once exactly, you got to teach him. Well, I'm indirectly hard on you, but that's different. Uh, well, no, no, no. But here's the thing, all joking aside, and I do want to raise it. I, I do want us to do the best freaking show that out there. I, I want it to be where no one can even debate it. Right? I don't know if they can now, but I don't think they could if we step it up one more level. And I know you've got it in you. You're as talented as they come, Faz. All right. Here's my point. I guess what I'm saying is. And again, this is, I mean, listen, if this was obvious, we would all agree on it. I wonder, what are the Dallas wins other than Philly? And you can't just act like that didn't happen, I know. But it's half a season. What's their second most impressive win? And we're still still on the Washington. Yeah, I think it was Monday night at the Giants. Yeah, at the Giants. That's the second most. That's good. That's the second most impressive win? And that was a misleading final. And where, where do you have the Giants? And your power rankings? Oh, good Lord. Uh, 28th. So the second most impressive win. And then that's what I don't understand is how you have Dallas ahead of Minnesota by one slot. Yes. How? Well, Thielen's out, the wide receiver for Minnesota, and he's worth half a point. So that's really the difference. Okay. So let's call him even. How do we make that point? I I guess I just – I don't know – I mean, you could make the case in a way that if you lose to the Saints, again, with Bridgewater, but if you lose to the Saints in a close game, it's not so bad. Green Bay going in there and beating the pants off them is not good. I mean, because you think Minnesota's better than Green I mean, this isn't the way you do it, but, right? Yeah. All right. Anything else? I got one more. I got a little bit on uh, Cousins and some various factors with him, but why don't you finish? Just one Garrett bad trend. He's a bad favorite, twenty and thirty-four against the spread as a home as a home favorite. But you know something? Look again. I was tracking that all the way. Let's look at. Let's just say. Uh, I don't know. Do a year. Just pull up the year by year, Brad, because we'll see where the break point. My, my sense mm. is there was a, somewhere along the way Dallas became a. a, a a team that wasn't as badly coached mm. because anytime they won a game, they were down the next game, you know, just generally, not every time, but generally. And when they were home favorites, just couldn't get any margin. It feels like that's, again, we know that during the Dak era, without any consideration to anything else, 58%, right? So I, I, I agree with you. They've done better. So give us just the home favor from 19 on, you know, starting this year. All right. So let me talk about Cousins. So take your time. So we did this work, and it was really uh, sharp. And and Jonas, our co-host, announcer on Straight Out of Vegas, 6 Eastern, 200 Fox Sports Radio stations. Also, iHeartRadio app, FoxSportsRadio.com, SiriusXM, podcast. Just search RJ Bell. Okay. Jonas said... He read an article a couple years ago, said Cousins was obsessed with his routine. And we said, wow, what could affect your routine? Maybe the start time. So everyone always thought, oh, it's about the bright lights of prime time. It's about the high quality competition. But there's bright lights at one o'clock Eastern. There's bright lights or there's high quality competition. 
And if you looked at those games, because we had to figure out, was it because it was correlated somehow, right? Or not somehow, somewhat. Whereas usually, obviously, the night games are going to be bigger games on average. And four o'clocks too, because if you're a team like Minnesota, who's playing one o'clock as default, there's a reason to be a four o'clock game, right? If it's on the West Coast, mm-hmm. it's automatic. But generally, it's going to be a bigger game. Fox wants to have it in four o'clock. We looked at it. And nothing, nothing was bigger than the start time. And just broad strokes, Cousins in his career, this is Minnesota, it's Washington, uh, covered about two-thirds of his games at 1 o'clock. Two-thirds. That's 66%, Fez. One-third, one, 33% at times other than 1 o'clock. That trumps everything. Second biggest factor, though, for the Vikings, and this is the Cousins years and Back through the non-cousins Zimmer year, Zimmer's years, they were great at home. They are great at home. Just steady great. Remember, that's a dome. It's probably one of the sneaky home fields, right? What, fifth or sixth best home field? Yeah, it's fourth, actually. Three and a half points. There you go. A lot of people wouldn't put that on. I mean, you don't think of it, or a lot of people don't. And then you think, well, on the road, they're not so good. Well, what I stumbled across, I was listening to a podcast. They were talking about, it was, a, you know, I might, I don't think it was Lombardi's, but it was one of those that wasn't gambling. And it was like, they are so bad on the grass. I haven't done a grass query in a long time. <laughs> Boy, I haven't done grass. Oh, <laughs> and I never, it was never called grass where I was at. It's called pot and weed. Like when you were growing up and someone was one of Oh, the, man, I was too naive. I, I never, really? Yeah. On the farm? Big time. Like you didn't, like, you, did you ever see a joint smoked until college? Nope, never did. So Fez never kissed a girl till college. You never saw it. Oh, my gosh. Junior year, high school. Oh, come on. Spin the bottle doesn't count. <laughs> but I'd love to hear that story. <laughs> First kiss. It, it, let's just say it wasn't Winnie Cooper and Kevin Arnold. Wow. On grass, the Vikings don't play well. (laughs) Is With a playing surface of grass, Vikings just don't play well. And if you actually look on the road on turf, they're quite good. So I'll pull up the numbers after Brad gives his stuff. The, The final point, though, is this. Even if you're on turf on the road, if the game's not at one, they struggle. So we got two factors here to consider every Vikings game. Are they playing on a grass surface or what time does the game start? The what time the game starts is a much bigger factor, but the surface is a fairly big factor. This one, non-one o'clock turf, you would think good, but no, that non-one o'clock is bigger. That keeps me off of Minnesota. Cowboys home favorite. I'm going to start with 2019 work my way back. You're right. Your instincts, RJ, correct. Last four years, they've actually been positive as a home favorite. Well, but the, why was well, Fez didn't mention that? 3-1 and one this year, home favorite. 3-2-2 three, two, and two last year. Then 3-3, three, 4-4. Three, four, four. Then it gets bad. 0-3-2-5-3-3-0-6-2-6-1-5. That's going back to when they opened it up. I mean, that was a long run of bad performances. Yes, there. it was. Yeah, the but first, we're like, saying they're just above 500. Above 500 over last four, four years. years. Yeah, which is the Prescott era. Yeah, but when you're 60 or almost 60% otherwise, you, you know, yeah. it's not a great spot, but it's not as bad as yes. Fez misled us. Is that fair? Accurate. <laughs> okay, we got these numbers here. So for the sake of time, let's look at these grass numbers. So away in grass, Cousins on Minnesota, 
One five and one against the spread. Seven games, one five and one, no regard to time. So, yes, grass is bad, <laughs> but no one o'clocks are bad. And if you have either, it hurts Cousins pretty significantly. Well, you've got the no one o'clock here. So I don't want Minnesota. You two have a bet on it, though. We do. 300 bucks. All right. You only get to press the button once per bat, unless you want to You want to double? Six? Sure. Yeah. But now you press it three times, so it's got to be 900. Want to go nine? Now, That's only fair. You, you want to do nine? Wow, you're that confident? Oh, Brad just, oh, he, he flinched. Oh, now I'll tell you, I've been on this guy tonight, but that's that worries me a little bit. So do you want six? or It's your choice? I want six, but Whoa. I'm not sure I want nine. Fez, Fez, Fez. If you want Fez. a chicken out, it's fine. Uh, uh, now, see, Ooh. you went too far. I was cheering yeah. for you. He could have just sat back all, you know, just like, oh, you know, you could hear the housewives across the country going, Fez, you know, he had a chance to stick it to Brad, but he didn't. And then right when they thought that, he goes, if you want to chicken out. It's okay, Fez. So it was a mutual, you guys both lost there in a way. But let's be clear. He still squashed me, though. 600. No, listen, yeah. you've got, you, they, listen, I don't see him all that anxious to be doubling the bets in college. Mm-mm. Oh, you! I, I got a story on that. Oh, oh he tried to. Uh, let me guess. I wasn't there, and he found. I, he, how did he know though? But I'm going through the whole college podcast, and I'm like, oh, let's see. Fez lost a thousand last week. He's got all these derivative bets and stuff, and I'm like, no wonder. Well, hold on a sec. So he didn't have five sides. If you don't have five sides, <laughs> it's an auto loss. It's that thing. You I'll have to ha- go back and look. Yeah, well, but I did see a lot of derivative. Well, if you're talking actually. about it now, you should know. You're accusing him of being sure. I am sides. accusing. I'm sure he didn't have five sides. Fez, I'm confused. I have a fiduciary responsibility <laughs> to the listeners to give the very best information. Exactly. On that pod. So you, all you have to do is you can all. Whoa, whoa, whoa! We're not restricting you from giving additional bets. We're saying there's a minimum of five sides. And oh, by the way, you can easily say, "Hey, guys, I got two tiers." And let us know which ones are weak. Got That's it. perfect. <laughs> oh, jeez. Right. I mean, listen, here's yeah. the thing, though. Do you want to show a little weakness to me or hurt hundreds of thousands of people across the country? Ooh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Home stretch. Sorry, guys, I tattled on you. This is the last game, the very last game, Seattle, San Francisco. And amazingly, it's one of Fez's. And what were your sides again, Fez? I still can't find five. What were your sides? Buffalo. Uh, that's one. Cincinnati. That's two. Pittsburgh. That's three. San Francisco. That's four. Dallas. No, 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 no. I I only had four. Hold on, hold on. Because you made a bet with him, so you figure, so you do realize that I then, I can come in now. Right. Hmm. Are you really, like, so negative EV that you like you're just going to try not to have to have five picks in NFL? I thought I had five. I but 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 why don't you ever have six sides? Accidentally, it, like when you make these errors, why are they always to your favor? Like I've never had a bookie that said, or maybe a couple times, but ninety two percent of the time the bookie's number was wrong. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. like you. It's like when you play Chinese. No, no, we don't need no. any more. We want to zero in on you. So it's a coincidence you didn't have five sides in college and a coincidence you didn't have five sides today. And it's a coincidence when you finally bet a side that wasn't one of your five sides now and retroactively that's going to be your side. I'll have six colleges next week. No, God, no. You might not make it out alive.
<laughs> this is one of them, though. One of the four. San Fran, Seattle. Right now at the Super Contest at six is the last game. Then I'm going to give my best bet. Go. Yeah, and I like San Francisco in this game. You know, I don't understand this number. We talk about not understanding lines because on my pure power rating, I make this game Niners minus eight. And I got to tell you, RJ, I'm not sure that my number isn't like too low because well, we don't need to hear that like, because you're giving the best number you think you can, right? Yes, I am. Then that's all it needs to be, be- said. because of because he keeps once in saying seriously, Brad, go. I lean towards Seattle here, actually, even though I think Seattle's overrated, even though I think Seattle got a very fortunate cover against San Francisco. Oh, Jesus. All right, Brad, you, you uh, have me in a bad Tampa spot. Bay. All right. Here's, I just, I mean, Russell Wilson's catching nearly a full touchdown here. Russell Wilson, as a starter in his career in the underdog role, 22 and 10 against the spread. Now, how much of that, though, was a really good defense? That was mm, that was point. driven by. Here's the thing: motivation helps defense a lot more than it helps offense. Do we agree with that? Yes. Fair? Yes. So, to me, when you're a defensive team, I think in general, if we went back and said, "Let's take all the top ten DVOA defenses in any given year and say, how do they do in the underdog role versus the top five offenses or top ten offenses?" Because in theory, they should be the underdogs about the same, right? Yes. I bet the dogs on D or the defensive teams that are superior, you know, top ten, do better. What would you would you guys bet the same? I I would bet the same. I do it in college. I like defensive dogs in college. Mm. But now, if you think of DVOA, they actually have four parts offense, three parts defense, and I think one part special teams. So, but continue. You know what? I don't have too much. I'm light on this handicap. Uh, but you don't have a like here, right? You have no, like. just a lean on Seattle. And the theory, and listen, it's a valid point. That Russell stat's a great stat. And the question is, he doesn't give up. You no. gotta get I mean, you want you want nothing less than Russell Wilson down 14, right? Because he's gonna run, you know, he Russell in the back door. <laughs> yeah, I think about back to that Carolina playoff game when Seattle was down big and they lost by seven. And even that game against New Orleans this year at home, Seattle was down like 24 and they lost by six. He um, he does not give up. So to me, that's an in-game consideration, right? Yes. So what did you figure, Fess? Okay, so a point for these upgrades. If the left tackle, Joe Staley, comes back, he's worth half a point. He's likely to come back. He's been out six games. And the fullback, Jusick, this guy's really important. He's likely to return. He's missed the last four games. Now, the right tackle, McClinchkey, may return. He's not worth quite as much as Staley. Okay. So if they all come back, what's the aggregate? It's a point. All right. And the chance of them, like, you can fractionally look at it. It sounds like there's about half of a chance. The one guy's two-thirds of a chance. You know, some variation of that, Yeah, like .78 points. That sounds like too much. But okay. So now what does that make your power rating? So now that makes the power rating 8.8 San Francisco. Now that would be a lot nicer than saying, well, it's seven, but. Correct. Okay. San Francisco has been winning by dominating the line of scrimmage, even with these both their tackles out and their why fullback out. Why is his voice doing it again? But they've, been doing it with, <laughs> but they've been doing it with average quarterback play. And as we all saw on Thursday night, Jimmy G has his swagger back throws four touchdown passes, has arguably his best game in the NFL, and I think it's a buy sign that the team now has an even higher ceiling that we know Jimmy G can carry the team if need be. All right, I'm going to tell you the games I'm considering here. 
I don't like it. Cleveland at two and a half. I would would take, but it's not. Tampa, I don't like. I kind of like the Jets, but, man, I, I think that X factor in the building is big for me. Fez. Uh, I certainly don't want Cincinnati. You know, Carolina's in the mix for me. But, boy, Lambeau's Lambeau. Mm-hmm. Detroit, nothing there. Miami. Boy, I like Miami. We're down at 10, right? What's the market right now, Fez? 10 and a quarter. So we're losing, what, five cents off of 10, right? Because 10, 10's worth... About ten cents. Yes, but you know what? We need wins, RJ. We, we need wins. We can't have pushes anymore. You know something? I got to be honest with you. I I don't think you can think like that. I I just think we pick our games. You never know. It only takes. I mean, really, is it that crazy for us to have two five and O's in a row, and then we're right? You know. So again, we're obviously an underdog at this point. I want to have a nice winning season. All right. I get it that if we win it all, that's great, but. At this point, I'd rather, I'll take fifty-seven percent, right? Because we got a lot of you know a lot of people using this stuff. Boy, I kind of like the Rams. What's the Rams line? Double check. Three and a half. No, I understand it's three and a half. But I'm saying, oh, is, okay. it, is there any shades? All right. Sorry. All right, so I would consider the Rams. I don't. I can't. I right. really. It's probably going to be San Fran. Three point four five. So if I'm laying three and a half, I'm laying a little extra. All right. You know something. Let's double down. I mean, I've been anti-Russell Wilson. I hate the comeback potential, but it's under a touchdown. And I think San Fran's got the 10 days. And Seattle, they went into overtime. Yep. All right. So, oh, Lord. Somehow we didn't, you know, wait a minute. I might, you know, I'm going to sit during the seven seconds of Blossom and see if I change my mind. Nope. San Fran, <laughs> my, minus six and a half. I will say this. If I was betting into the market right now, my biggest bet would be Miami. I really like Miami. So to wrap up, Fez, and then we got a few things on tape. So we're going to throw to now. What would be your at market right now? So officially your best bet is? Cincinnati. And Brad, your best bet? Minnesota. And you guys got multiple bets. I'm going San Fran. If I was betting the market, you know, I could. We, I bet we can get ten and a half, right? Yes. Would you like at well, ten? I'm not sure. Though. Let me check. At ten and a half, let's just assume because it's going to be hours before these guys get it anyway. At ten and a half, do you love Miami? And if not, why not? Because I'm concerned about that whole how are they, how are they going to react to that very first win? I certainly understand the idea of they want to build on momentum, but I also understand. Hey, they're thinking maybe we're not going to win a game, and is that going to be a distraction? Yeah, and maybe it's. I mean, if you think about it, Washington was favored by three, right, in Miami. So if that game was in Washington, the line would have been nine, mm. right? Yep. And somehow then it's comparing Washington to Indy with Hoyer. So it seems like finally they've made an the double digits is for, in some way it's kind of hit me doubles, but really in Indy in that dome. After the win, oh, boy, it's not easy, is it? No, T. Y. Hilton. <laughs> <laughs> that might be. That should end the pod. So what we have here is two things. One is the hitman sells at pregame.com. He's he sends us work every week in out of Jersey, and 
amazingly, this fellow is tied for second in the Circa Million. Yes, he's tied for second right now. And he was literally one game away from winning the first quarter poll, you know, the quarter of the season. And that would have been like 160? 143,000. Oh, that's it? Yeah. No. <laughs> one game. He hedged out 10, he said. We were, we were yeah. going to interview him, but then he was going on some vacation. Va- again, a lot of people living it up. And that pick from the hit, man, some might say, oh, is that Tampa? No, no, no. It's not the Tampa game. It's the game before. It's going to be the Buffalo-Cleveland game. We're going to listen to that. Then we talked about this earlier, but for you, we put it at the end. So if you want to listen, listen. It's fascinating. Two things. One, for the first time, and almost like in wrestling, remember when the superpowers, and then they went back and said, oh, look at his eyes. Yep. Well, Fez had jealous Lust eyes. Lust in his eyes. He had jealous eyes. <laughs> I, I would say for the first time, for the first time ever, Fez went at, I mean, he always treated Brad like as a, I don't know, like not a threat, not a threat. And let me tell you, when, when Fez feels a threat, oofa. And there's, he's, he's going to try to eliminate the threat. If you want, one day we're going to say it started here. Listen to it. Also, we are collectively looking at betting five to 10,000 on three or so college football games. There's a new system uncovered. I'm going to put it out on Twitter. We actually discuss at length the system and how we're going to approach, not the deta- exact details, but how we're going to approach it. And by the way, this weekend, I'll be putting out the tickets themselves and the three games at RJ in Vegas. First up, though, number two in the Circa Million, the Hitman. Dream preview, best bet, Buffalo Bills plus three at the Browns. So, you're going to hear a lot of people talk about this game, and they're going to say, well, the Bills are an overrated 6-2 and two team. They're correct when they say that. The Bills have beaten teams with a combined 9-41 and 41 straight up record, and they're the third worst 6-2 team DVOA has ever tracked. However, the market is over-accounting for this stat on the Bills' strength of schedule. I made the game Bills plus 1.5. Baker Mayfield's been one of the worst quarterbacks in the league against zone coverage this season, which is what the Bills primarily run. Mayfield has a 2-8 to eight touchdown interception ratio against zone, with the second worst success rate in the league, only ahead of Daniel Jones. Cleveland as a team struggles against teams who are good against the pass. The Browns have played five of the top 11 teams in expected points added through pass defense this season and they've scored a touchdown on only five of their 59 drives against those teams. If you want to make Josh Allen uncomfortable, put him behind the chains. The Browns aren't going to be able to do that, though, since they're the worst team in the NFL defensively on first down, allowing 6.9 yards per play. They're also the league's most penalized team, and they can't stop the run as they allow almost 4.9 yards per carry to opposing backs. Bills are the better team getting the field goal, and that's why they're my best bet. Comparatively speaking, you are like a grain of sand in the Sahara Desert. Yeah, and I am the entire desert. Did I make fun of you for that? You know what's funny, though? You two, well, you did with your eyes. You you two are like the story of America, whereas Fez with a silver spoon, we've established that at length. And Brad on the farm. When did you have to get up for chores? 5.30. That's not so bad. I mean, that's early, but yeah. sometimes you well, hear... Well, it depends th- on what season. 
So there was times it was early. Yeah. Four thirty. Did, you, in did you hate that? Did you hate it? No. It was okay. Yeah, it was okay. Were you a drinker in high school? No, not really. You took it yeah, out. Of I life? didn't have time. Did you have time to drink? No. But when you're home was, alone on like Saturday night, when no, you drink? I was never home alone on Saturday night. I was always working. Jeez. I tell you though, it, it's such a catch twenty two, and it, I guess I'm drifting. So, but I won't. But it's such a catch twenty two. Because on one hand, I think it's why you are a shooting star and, you know, you're right on Fez's tail and you can see. I mean, he's said more negative cracks about you in the last five weeks than he did in the first three years you were here. Agree. Isn't that interesting? Now, did you realize that, Fez? Clear sign of insecurity when... No, no, no. I I asked you a question. Yes. you You did? Yes. And you feel comfortable with it? Yeah. Really? Wow. 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 And, and you know he was what? the baddest cat around until I showed up. Oh man, you, don't let them see you sweat, Fez. Don't let them see you sweat. And this is your domain, the NFL. You should be so comfortable here. Yeah. So, but anyway, to finish the point, I think it certainly is part of the reason that you're doing so well, and I mean really well. But then I think wouldn't it be nice if little Brad would have had some fun on at least. One of the Friday night, Saturday night. Not what? till college. Yeah, but you're not. When you're in college, you're an adult, or, you know, we can debate that, but you're close. And you've got pressures that will affect you the rest of your life. When you're 15, what you do as a sophomore in high school, unless you really break the law, isn't going to affect, you know, if you get A's, you get C's, you're fine. I mean, not that you don't want A's, but so you're spo- it's supposed to be carefree. Yeah. Especially the time people say it was the best years of my life, right? <laughs> now, I'm not saying that you want them to be, but you want them to be good enough that if they were, it wouldn't be like pathetic. But if they were the best years of your life, that would really stink. Yeah, that, they weren't. Not even close. I know, but I wish they could have been, maybe. Ah, that's all right. No, well, I mean, we can't it go back in time. I'm just, I mean, Fez is getting, like, harassing you. You know, I mean, obviously we're not taping this, but that's ah. what I think of that. Ah. <laughs> Just let it roll off my shoulder, Fez. Well, you, you know we're taping. I know. Oh, <laughs> we are? Oh, dang. <laughs> Honestly, Steve, the fact that he hasn't taken it personally is just him really saying, I've got a bigger goal in mind. In, in the way he's saying you're small potatoes. <laughs> and I think. <laughs> you know what's funny? He, his face lit up like I've never seen it light up. <laughs> Brad, I think, <laughs> recognizes that I see his rise. But, but why would why wouldn't that? And, and it's exciting. No, it really is exciting. Brad Powers oh, the, 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 is ascending. But but this hold on a second. Like crazy. Hold on a second. This is how you show excitement for a friend. Yeah, it's a little screwed up. Is it not? <laughs> you think? You think? <laughs> Can't steal it. Woo! Wheeling, dealing. Limousine, run. Jet flag. Son of a gun. You know what's funny? This is like the exact example where they have a movie and the whole movie is set in what seems to be the pre- you know seems to be the time of the movie, right? Doesn't matter if it's present day or not. And then there's the last scene. You know what movie was like this? Everybody's All American, but it wasn't just the last scene. And Everybody's All American was a good movie. Not considered a good movie. I thought it was pretty good. And what happened was the wife in the movie, I think Jessica Lang played her. And the wife set was always 
the second fiddle to the husband who was an NFL player, right? Everybody's all American. And he played for LSU, I think. I think they had the school he played for. Yep. Like, it, what, you remember, yeah, it was LSU. Saw, did you like the movie? Man, I saw it so long ago, but it, it was, was certainly good. LSU. And what happened was the wife was, you know, his uh, you know, handmaiden or whatever, meaning that she her life was about serving him. And then the friend was the intellectual friend that was a nerd that the football player was being nice to let him even hang around, right? But then as the years went by, she became like a political operative. Then she was running businesses. He's sitting at the golf course telling stories about the touchdown, and he's hearing his same stories again. And there's a great scene where he goes, he goes, I've told these stories so many times, I start thinking, I'm feeling like I'm making them up. He goes, but they happen, they happen. So he even like sollied his memories by trying to live off them. And she's just grinding, you know, and the, and the, um, and it's funny because he shows up with like, you know, a girl who's like 10 year or a woman who's like 10 years younger. So now all of a sudden, like just objectively, or some would say that, that the nerd has the hotter girl and the football players kind of sitting there sawing and the young nerd or not, he's not young. The nerds writing books, the wife's running businesses. So there was a time that people was going to say, I remember, I'm going to bring it all back around. I remember when Brad was like the apprentice and it's like <laughs> Brad powers, the guy on ESPN game day. And it's like, yeah, the fat who, that? <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Exactly. I, I'll tell you this: if Fez didn't turn around his work, that's where it was headed. But I can tell everybody, Fez got his work done, and it's not. He was not. He was always doing his work. It was organization. It was where he was putting his energies. Like a lot of things, he was putting the hours in. He wasn't working smart. But he is now, and I'm predicting, and I, I, I can't think of anything that would make me happier professionally than you two just, like, trying to one-up. Like uh, like uh, that Bupka dude, the, the pole vaulter from Russia, Sergei Bupka or something was his name, where he, was, he would break the world record by, like, an eighth of an inch, mm. and he, he somehow got a bonus, so he kept, you know, yeah. going to – I could see. I'd love to see you guys. You know, one three. There's probably a better example because he was beating himself there. But you know, oh, 212 feet on the shot put, two thirteen. I, I want to see it. All right. And if there was a casualty, so be it. Won't be me. <laughs> All right. Good luck, Fess. <laughs> but in a way, it's not in a weird way. That last point. Let's just say it's one to a hundred, and let's say I'm a hundred. No, we'll say 99. I mean, come on. <laughs> I'm teasing. Let's say 100 is perfect. Would you rather Brad be 88 and Fez be 86? Or would you rather Fez be 96 and you be 94? Mm. See, if you don't have a quick answer to this, you're making a mistake. Yeah, I'd rather be 88, 86. See, I think, really? I think oh. it's the other way. Oh. And I think it's automatic. You two aren't in. You should be pay setters for each other. That's true. But it's ultimately you should actually want each other to do well, Steve. You should want it, and because I tell you this, 
The crazy thing is when it comes to the media stuff, Brad's probably tutored you more than you've tutored him. And I know you've helped him a lot on line moves and different things. Oh, it's not even a question. He's, I mean, I was square as can be when I showed up here. But what's funny is see how quick it is when you heard something, you could affirm him that you did it. That's why he's beloved, except when he loses. Then no one's beloved. <laughs> Nobody likes a yeah. loser. So you think on this, but I, you need to think, Brad. I know. Because it's not. See, you're thinking small town. That's the wrong answer. Mm. That's the wrong answer. I was thinking small town there. That's what I'm saying. You're looking yeah. at the guy. This is about, like, imagine, think of it another way because that's an abstraction. Let's say that uh, there was two choices. One is one of you's on the local, one of yins, as we used to say where I grew up, is on the local TV, the big station in town. I don't know. I think Fox is the one that gets the most here in Vegas, but I'm not even sure. So Fez is on Fox, or no, you're on Fox, Brad. Fez is on, you know, ABC or whatever. And here, let's say it's the secondary one. And you're doing 10 minutes a week, Friday night sports section. Or, so you're ahead. Yeah. Or Fez is on ESPN and you're on FS1. Oh, I'd rather the second one. Well, but isn't that yeah, what the, that is yeah. right? Now you put it that way. See, so yeah. help each other, yep. pay set for each other, make a little money. What do you think, Fess? You feel a little ashamed? Yeah, but I do. You th- so how you? What do you think the source of it? Insecurity. You think? Yeah. Hmm. Fez, Brad's you, been shining. You should be very Brad has been shining that. in 2019. But why is he shining? And the funny thing is. <laughs> And, and, and it's really the, the paradox that we deal with every day. You guys have two jobs. One job is the handicap. And ultimately, that work leads to winners and losers, hopefully more winners. And then there's the job as a media person. Now, you most me, let's be candid. Most media people don't, that are in the sports betting space or adjacent don't really take their handicapping seriously. But you guys obviously are betting significant money on it. By the way, guys. I'm going to give you a little tease. I've uncovered, and guys, don't even speak to this, a massive, massive, massive system, not a trend, a system in college football. It's only good a handful of weeks. And I'm thinking about, we haven't talked about this, Faz. I'm thinking about putting five dimes on every game. I just, I mean, this thing's so strong. What I might want to do is get one more filter, right? Is if someone, if Brad likes the other side, just pass it. Maybe Winno, you looked at the games. There was one you actually liked before that you saw yeah. that. Okay. So maybe I eliminate that. I think there's six this week, so it would be five. I would put 25 in play. The history is just so freaking strong. I, I mean, it's out of my bank. But that's the thing. My bankroll is an abstraction to some degree. So, like most, I mean, that's the thing almost everyone's is, except the people who are living off it. And that's always why I think it's so ludicrous when people talk bankroll and, you know, where it, that's a whole different thing. Let's think about this. And then what I'm going to do for sure is put out the tickets I bet and the picks on Twitter. His Twitter handle is at RJ in Vegas. What's your gut feeling on, on, on what you're going to – because that's, that's too much, meaning – but I'm, I'm, I like a little bit of risk. I mean, if the worst case is, I, you know, I don't go on vacation anyway. So the worst case is I go one and four and I lose 50, you know, 15 in the VIG – I don't get I don't get a new uh, 8K TV or something, you know. I mean, I don't hardly spend any money, 
So I can have it. This will be like my expenditure. Uh, it'll be like an ex- uh, like I'm taking a trip or something. Waikiki or the rest of the island. Except for me, <laughs> it's over batting. What are you thinking of putting down? I think I got to look at each game. And well, then, then you're making a mistake. I'm not. I'm not blindly going to bet something that's that's a winning trend. I'm going to. Uh, oh, it's not a trend. Yeah, it's just and it and it's and, it, and the numbers are so massive. See, that's the thing about it. See, that's the thing people don't realize. A system that you have to or a trend, quite frankly, that you have to sit and say, "Huh," but you're bringing. In, if you could pick, if you're a bill, if you're now listen, if one of your sources, if it's NFL, I get it. You're going to say, I'm like, I'm letting Brad in my mind veto a pick. You should let yourself veto a pick, you know, a system. But in college, you don't originate effectively. I mean, when I say effectively, I mean, you originate some of the games, but it's, you know, it's less than half, right? Yep. So why would your handicap mean anything? It doesn't, but the guys that I know, okay. it means everything. I would check with them and I'd just say, hey, here's these, well, no, 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 here's no. these five games. Which ones do you like? Which ones do you not like? And I would filter. But don't you know what they like based upon the picks they give you? I've got every one of their numbers. Exactly. So I'll know whether they're neutral, whether they lean that way, whether they like. Yes. All right. Well, that's interesting. So you're saying if if something is as amazingly strong as this is, you're saying that if one of your guys had the number a half a point against it, so the smallest amount it could be against it, unless you did hundreds. <laughs> and you would say, oh, 65% over, what was it, 300 games? Yep. And with logic, I mean, pure logic. It's almost like Mozart. This is like, I've waited my whole life for this trend because I've never seen a trend this big in this law. Lo- have you ever seen a trend or a system this big or logical? I have not. Brad? No. Not with that sample size. That's what I'm saying. This big is what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. It's like 66, almost 66%, 300 games. It's crazy. And it's like 40 games a year. Yep. On average. Going back like the last eight years. But one of your guys is going to say, oh, minus 11, we think it should be minus 10 and a half. You're like, keep me off it. No, Even I'm just going to. like four and a half points of line value. No, I'm going to adjust my bet sizing. Based okay. upon, I mean, I'm going to start with the base bet size that I wanted, and I haven't determined it yet, and you know, then I'm going to, and then I'm going to modify it based upon these other factors. That's an interesting point. So here's what we'll, I'm going to do. I'm going to take the three games I like best, based on, and we got two already that are kind of tighteners that make that get it up over seventy. So two of the games fall into those categories. Maybe one more is, you know, your guys like it, Brad like whatever it ends up being. Now the two games that were the better games, I sent them individually. Yeah, I don't think no. Those weren't, weren't the ones you, no. that you like. This okay. So maybe it's just we find one that your guy. I think we. I'm going to bet the other ones for like a dime or whatever. Maybe two. Yeah, two. But I, I, let's do. I, I think we should stretch our legs a little bit. That's gonna. And I know Fez with all your different. Places that you can bet and all that, that oftentimes, you know, it's hard, like uh, even putting out the ticket would give too much information. Waste management consultant. But we should uh, pull a little bit of money, even if it's not your whole bet. Brad, what are you thinking? I think I'm in. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, are you thinking about you want to do like three? 
put some of that. Listen, the bank yeah. account can't just keep going up. Yeah. Can't just keep going up. Well, maybe what you should do is handicap those games more close. Yes, that's, what <laughs> that's I'm an do. excellent suggestion. Except again, if if what is what is Brad's goal? If Brad likes a game, he thinks it's a point and a half or two points. If he liked the other side, like I said, that's an easy eliminate. But now he's going to try to figure: Does he like the side we like, but the system likes by a half a point, or like the other side by a half? What does it matter? It matters, but it doesn't matter in any way that really matters. I mean, if we have four and a half points of line value in one, or not line value, but uh, ATS margin over the sample. Now, that, here's the point. I, I agree four and a half points of line value going backwards, but I'd be willing to make a substantial bet. And I think you'd agree with me that it's not going to have a four and a half point cover going forward. Doesn't mean it doesn't win substantially. No, I, I think that's true because to some degree, there's there's some uh, self selection going back, or not self selection. There's some uh, cherry picking, as in if you know one of the constrainers is uh, tighteners is tw- uh, if a team won the last week by twenty four or more, it eliminated them because there's there's the rationale is the market adjust to those things. We're, we're trying to find teams with momentum who the market's not high on. That's probably the best way to say it. And this is just too, I mean, this is, we'll give the picks. I'll give the picks for free, but I'm not going to give the system just because it would, it's so good. It would ruin it because it would only take even a, someone that didn't have my following could ruin it. It might take a couple weeks, but it would sp- get spread around. Huh? But let's say let's say it ends up being three and a half, or even three moving forward. So the question is, you're right. If we're trying to play Kelly games and say, well, if Brad likes it a half, you know, half point the other way, then you know the the optimal bet goes from blank to blank. But it's going to vary by what, like three thousand becomes twenty six hundred, right? I'd, I'd still bet it's not going to cover by three points though. I now mean, it's, why now wouldn't it's, but why wouldn't it? Just, I mean, if we're if we're taking away a third, if it's four and a half, and we're taking away a third, there's no way that the 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 cherry picking had anything to do with because we could you know we can test it. Let's just take the things that felt like they were backfit, which is the right way to say it, and let's just roll a dice and literally you know within a reasonable range of what what's the logic of this filter. And say, okay, when would the logic apply? Maybe it would apply from 14 points to 30. And then we pick 24. I, I, I get it. If, it was, if we ended up doing 14, it would chip away. If we did 30, it would chip away. So let's randomize it and see what happens. I, I, if it takes away more, there's only a couple of these. If it takes away more than a third, I'd be shocked. Hmm. Thanks for listening to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. Catch the Wise Guy Roundtable each week. College football released on Wednesday. NFL on Thursday. Don't miss any winners. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Visit PodcastOne.com and download the Podcast One app. Have a question for R.J.? You can contact him directly on Twitter at R.J. in Vegas. Live the dream with us each week.